Oh. No. Hey everybody, it's uh, Stefan, the Old World Gamer, along with Scott Devin Kane. We're back for We're more Retro Indie Pixels podcast. We're here again <sighs> for your weekly weekly retro gaming pleasure. I don't even have to hit reset on that. Man, it just came right up. Mm. Right. And might I just so, say, thank you to all the people who've been tuning in. We've been getting a mm-hmm. lot, a lot of people. For a new podcast, or I guess a restarted new podcast, like... Mm-hmm. It, it's like, so awesome to see how quickly people jump right back into watching it again or listening right. or whatever the case may like, be. So thank you very All that much. support, yeah. Like just all the support you guys have given us so far and you know the feedback and we've gotten from like a whole bunch of people. We very much appreciate all of that and we will continue to come and bring you the quality podcasts that we so love to do every week for you guys. Indeed. And eventually we will be including some things like credits and such uh, to different mm-hmm. sites and stuff. So... I still have to kind of just draft up how we're going to go about doing it. So, yeah. but otherwise, welcome. Yes, thank you very <laughs> much for coming. Um, speaking of giving people some credit, um, first thing I want to do <coughs> before we do anything in my news is I want to give a little shout out to uh, the uh, the Shump Project by Ilker, and uh, mm-hmm. we I have been I have been extremely active with this. I've been keeping up with it, and. Uh, I gave you the. You should have the link for that, but oh, they have. Yeah. They have a little tidbit. We have something to show you guys. Once YouTube does its thing. Hold on a second. Before we continue on with this, three six. Ah, oh, three sixty is the highest quality they've got it in so far. Yeah, yeah. But still. Oh. Oh God. Oh. Right. Look how good this looks. Look how oh, good. Oh man. I know it's a little short, but... Very short, but still. But that's, oh, I mean... That little bit was all we needed to do. <laughs> oh, bruh. I was at work when that <coughs> dropped, and I was just like, yo, uh, 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 uh. And people looking at me like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like, nothing. I've been, like, so looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. And just, like, just that little bit, man, I... Oh, my God looks so amazing Indeed. so uh we we went over that before but uh just so you guys have a little bit more reference you can hit them up on facebook just look up shump project by ilker on facebook and uh pretty frequent updates for uh for uh, all the the work he's been doing so uh definitely we'll keep keep you guys continually updated on the shump project and uh we will give you more information when we have it so, good on you. We're going to make sure as many people know about this as possible, my dude. Indeed. So, Looks great. all right. Going to be going on with the news section of my half of the podcast. Uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night on the Switch will be getting the fixes that it needs. Uh, 505 Games is preparing to release a patch for the Switch for Switch version of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. The upcoming patch for the game will be released soon as it's just waiting on the AOK from Nintendo. Additional changes and improvements not contained in the patch notes are also in the works. The team hopes to release the patch next week. The team is also continuing to work on additional issues with input delay, stability, and optimization. 
While it isn't ready to release these improvements at this time, the team will share more information on the incoming weeks. Players notice issues with the Switch version of the game from release, noting the port's poor visuals, crashing, and inconsistent performances. Hopefully they will all be fixed soon. A bug keeping the Overlord achievement from unlocking in the Xbox One version is in the process of being squashed. The fix is currently scheduled to be applied within the next two weeks as the team is prioritizing more important fixes and improvements. Thank you for everyone for your patience while we continue to make improvements on Switch and the other platforms while we will be following up with more updates soon. Reads the Kickstarter update. Uh, fixes, the, the, the map quest marker is no longer showing when targets have been killed and HD rumble in certain areas have been fixed. Uh, familiar changes, the familiar upgrade via grade was nerfed. Increased strength based on level and dull hammer head has been nerfed. Uh, the one thing I'm going to say that uh, the, the biggest improvement, I think, now I'm going to say that this is the biggest improvement to the game, is that they have decreased the power in a lot of shards. Rika Storm, uh, Stormera Craftwork, Bunny Morphosis, I think, is honestly, uh, it's one of the most powerful shards, if not the most powerful shard in the game. And it was extremely powerful and accessible extremely early in the game. And being able to get that has just made a lot of bosses just completely negligible. So, uh, Flame Cannon, Straight Arrow, Chase Arrow, a Heretical Grinder getting a decrease in power, I think, was a great idea because I once I got it, I never changed from it. It was like the active shard that I used throughout the entire game. Uh, Circle Reaper, Shooting Dagger, uh, Riga Dolan, and Welcome Company nerfed significantly. Uh, Welcome Company was one of those uh, speedrunning um, shards that people were just using Welcome Company just erase bosses and certain things. Uh, so a couple weapons got their power decreased, HP enemy increases, uh, drop, uh, incre they increased the drop rate for monster fur, that needed to happen. And then there are a couple changes for uh, how the map works. So I'm glad to see that uh, 505 is definitely keeping an, keeping an eye on the health of the game. Uh, the only thing I'm going to I'm, I'm questioning at this point is what this is going to do to speedruns because a lot of speedruns have been using a lot of these things like Welcome Company and Bunny Morphosis. So I'm kind of curious of what the speedrunning community is going to do on scores that have been done before this patch and how it's going to affect speedrunning after the patch. Because they will probably just, uh, do what they've been doing with a lot of the newer indie games, which is segment them into different patches. They do the same thing with Dead Cells. Okay, that, that makes sense. Because, like I said, like Buddy Morphosis and Welcome Company were just so incredibly overpowered that it just, like I said, just certain bosses just get erased by Welcome Company. Now it's start it's starting from three portraits instead of five, which is huge for Welcome Company. And I'm very I'm very curious to see how much they they decrease the power of Bunny Morphosis. So um, speed running for the game is definitely going to change, and I'm I'm actually pretty curious to see what uh, what uh, the speedrunners are going to do to uh, change up some things in their runs. So uh, moving on. Um, Blizzard co-founder Frank Pierce is leaving the company after 28 years. Jesus. Frank Pierce has announced his departure from Blizzard Entertainment, a, co a company he co-founded with Alan Adlam, or Adam and Mike Morham in 1991 when it was known as Silicon and Synapse. 
At the time, at my my time at Blizzard encompasses the entirety of both my professional career and my adult life. Reads the statement from Pierce. I have countless fond memories. Working with the best developers in the world on the best franchises in the world definitely stands out. Even more prominent are my memories of <clears throat> my memories of our first BlizzCon, where I released the special importance of the people and communities that have become part of the experience for our players. Words cannot express the gratitude I feel to have been involved with Blizzard, our games, our employees, and most importantly, our community. Before Blizzard, I struggled to find a place in where I felt belonged. Now I know I will always have a place, as will many other people. Thank you to all of all of you for providing me with the sense of inclusion I require as a person. As far as his future plans are concerned, right now Pierce said he will spend more time outdoors, learn to play an instrument, and generally devote more time to aspects of his life that may, have, may not have gotten as much attention in the past. Pierce is the second co-founder to leave Blizzard within nine months. In October, Mike Morhaim left the company. Adam Adam is the last of the original founders left at the company. While he did leave back in 2004, he returned to Blizzard in 2016. He is now part of the company's executive leadership team. I kind of... This is one of those things that, like, it's, it's an eventual thing. You know, people are going to eventually just want to retire, step mm -hmm. back, you know. But the fact that the guy was around in the company for 28 years, back when Blizzard wasn't even known as Blizzard, mm -hmm. you know, back when they were made, you know, uh, the Lost Vikings and those sort of games before <coughs> Blizzard was a big thing. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, these guys have been like a super, super huge influence on how I game. You know, I mean, oh, I forgot to. I mean, Stefan and I, we got, we have our Diablo 1 streams. I played Diablo 3 on the regular. I was a very avid StarCraft player. I played World of Warcraft for eight plus years. I played Hearthstone and all that stuff. So, the games that these guys have come together and create as a whole and as a company have been amazing. And we have nothing to say to Frank Pierce other than thank you for everything that you guys have done for this company for countless years. So, again, uh, good luck on all your endeavors and, you know, hopefully you find some uh, find some company to do something with in the future so we'll uh something to cover for the future when he decides to come back if he decides to come back to gaming at some point but uh 28 years i think it's a that's a hell of an accomplishment especially in like a in a, in a world like video gaming where things can be just absolutely so picked apart by the general public that it's hard to to continuously put forth games that everybody just loves you know like the early 90s and the 2000s were just an absolutely absolute blizzard joy fest I mean, diablo 2 starcraft uh the, the the world of warcraft you know all of those games were just absolutely huge influences on the pc world so mm -hmm. so anyway moving on um microsoft attributes 48 percent decline in xbox revenue due to current gen fatigue <laughs> Sure. Microsoft has released its quarter four fiscal year 2019 <coughs> financials, reporting a decrease in gaming and hardware revenue as the end of the current console lifecycle looms. Microsoft reported its Q4 reports of the fiscal year 2019, noting a decline in gaming revenue in Xbox hardware, software, and services. Gaming revenue declined 10% year over year to $233 million, with Xbox software and services revenue down by 3% year over year. 
Xbox One hardware revenue declined 48%, primarily due to decreased decrease in volume of consoles sold. Microsoft attributed the decline to being in the late end of this console's generation. The company expects revenue in its gaming business during the fiscal year 2020 to be down slightly, as double-digit growth in Xbox software and services will be offset by declining console sales. Uh, during uh, quarter four of the fiscal year 2019, Xbox Live monthly active users increased to 65 million, with the highest number of mobile and PC users to date. That's up 12 million from the 53 MAU reported during quarter four of 2018. Microsoft is currently working on its next console, Project Scarlet, which is set for release during the holiday of 2020. As previously reported, it's four <coughs> times more powerful than Xbox One X, and is powered by a custom-designed processor which leverages the latest Zen 2 and Radeon RDNA architecture from AMD. Microsoft said it will deliver a new level of immersion powered with GD uh, GDDR6 memory and an next-gen SSD. It features hardware accelerated ray tracing, variable refresh rate, AK 8K capacity, and ultra low latency input. I mean, uh, I don't know. I think Microsoft is going to end up doing what Sega did. All right, we're not competing as well. Let's go push out something that's overpowered. And then people are going to be like, mm, no, I'm not paying for this right now. I don't need this. I don't have an 8K TV. Right. And at I this mean, point, you might as well just go and get a computer. At this point, I mean, there are going to be some games that are going to be Xbox exclusives, and it's like yeah, eh, but eventually I they'll really move wanna... on. Look what happened to Sega and all their you know developers <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, they all went over to Nintendo and Sony because that's the mm -hmm. only places they could go. I mean, it just seems like I don't know. I the think they have the capability of being able to save themselves if they, they look could. at the market and do things right. Yeah. But this whole focus on, like, Call of Duty and, like, all these first-person shooter kind of games as being, like, your bread and butter, like, nah, you gotta get over that shit. Like, that yeah. goes on, like, any other fad for a while. You have to cater to, to, you know, a large market of gamers, and those gamers can jump from first-person shooters to survival games to whatever the case may be and that's just the way that the the modern gamer is so yeah and i this just for even for all of all of those like used to be console exclusive games like call of duty you can get those stuff on pc now yeah. and in my opinion i think that they play better on pc i mean that's just my opinion because i've never really been like a big console fps guy the but I, this just seems to me like an excuse to say hey or Project Scarlet's coming in the future, so of course we're going to lose some sales. It's like, why? It's just, there's no excuse for that. Just because you have a project coming in the future, and because Xbox One has been around for a while, that's like an excuse to have low sales. Look at the Switch. How long has the Switch been around? Yeah. They don't have that kind of decreasing sales. I mean, it just, to me, it sounds like that they don't have an answer to why there is this really sharp decline in sales so they're just going to attribute it to oh well the console's old so oh what? really because if they go and say something as stupid as that all i can say is hey you know why nintendo works because look at their like franchise and series mm -hmm. legend of zelda how old is that metroid yeah. how old is that 
Kirby. All the there's so many games that Nintendo has that are like from back in the eighties, and some mm -hmm. before that. So I mean, we're talk about, and we'll talk about Mario in just a minute too. So I mean, you can't go saying that oh, all the consoles old. Like, <laughs> are you serious? Like, come on. I mean, Nintendo's so, making money now off of, hey, look, everybody, we have NES games that you can play if you subscribe uh, on a monthly basis. All right. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of money's coming in just from that because people are like, yay, old games again. Everyone likes old retro games. Uh, mm -hmm. You go and look look how our podcast mm -hmm. is situated. Like, it's based upon retro games and indie games with, you know, more of a focus on, you know, a retro look. Because it works. Right. People love that shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I, I'll even like this afternoon. I was playing uh, on my on my stream. I was playing Blazing oh, Chrome, so which is which is to me, it was just a th it was a throwback to like uh, Contra Three, Contra Four, Super Turrican, uh, space. It, there was a Space Harrier scene which was <laughs> awesome. That was uh, awesome. it. Uh, also, uh, had parts there that uh, reminded me of Battletoads, like the areas where yeah. you're jumping over the spots. It reminded me of the Turbo Tunnel, Turbo yeah, Tunnel, and, yeah. Turbo Tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> and just it had that 16-bit, like, hey, this is a Super Nintendo game, but it was awesome. It was. It was. It so was. Much fun it to was watch. great. It was great. That's what. This is the kind of stuff that we want. So, like, maybe you should start looking at some of these indie developers who are just like, hey, we're going to make these old retro games, but they're so awesome. So, like, concentrate less on the mainstream stuff, man. It's just yeah. because clearly it's not working, you know? Yeah, mainstream is not the only focus anymore. Right. There's a reason why there's, you know, SGDQ that raises $3 million for charity. Right. People, like people want to see this stuff. Yep. Yeah. And so, in amongst uh, that is stuff like Celeste and, and newer indie games too. So again, it's not, it's still the retro look and feel is, it, right. it's always a good thing. So anyways. Right. So uh, moving on, Google Stadia controller will not support Bluetooth audio at launch. TV play with Chromecast limited to Stadia controllers. Because we haven't shot Stadia in the foot enough. Let's do some more. Google has detailed some of the features Stadia will be missing at launch, as well as some other, a few other limitations. In the same Reddit AMA where Stadia director of, pub, of product Andrew, Audrey Dornachev said he'd prefer if, he, if people saw Stadia Pro as a service similar to Xbox Live Gold or PS Plus rather than Netflix, the veteran Google employee also responded to a few different user questions. One of most popular has been about controller support for Stadia. Google has always maintained that the platform is controller agnostic, but Dornachev stated a few more details. First, he confirmed that Stadia support supports any HID-compliant controller, which basically covers the vast majority of controllers, including Xbox One, PS4, and even the Xbox Adaptive Controller. The only catch is that you'll, be a you'll only be able to use these controllers when playing Stadia through a Chrome browser, which means if you intend to play Stadia on TV through Chromecast Ultra, you're out of luck. Dornachev clarified that Stadia controller is required if you want to go through the TV directly. This isn't completely surprising, especially since you can connect your laptop PC or PC using a TV using an HDMI cable, but it's nonetheless going to be inconvenient for some. To that end, some both the Stadia controller and the device you'll be playing on will need to be on the same Wi-Fi network. Probably good. Yeah. 
In the same AMA, Dornichev also confirmed that the Stadia controller won't support Bluetooth <coughs> audio at launch. You'll be limited to the built-in headphone jack audio for audio in November. That's a bit of a work. There is a bit of a workaround for this, however. Since Stadia can be accessed on any PC capable of running a Chrome browser, not to mention Pixel phones, you can pair your Bluetooth headset to your laptop or phone and get audio that way. Through Chromecast Ultra, however, you'll need to pick between TV speakers or the controller audio. Jesus. <sighs> Why? Why? What the hell's the point? Like, why limit yourself to something like this? I mean, I get the fact that, like, Bluetooth audio is not really going to be, like, the main use from, for a lot of people, but maybe maybe, maybe, the, maybe it is, and I just am not up to date with this sort of thing, hmm. but I don't know. This just seems like it's silly to not be able to Bluetooth it. I don't know. You know what, Scott? And, I'm starting to think that what's going to happen with the Stadia is that it's not going to work, but what will happen <laughs> is that they'll open a new platform, and I think this actually would work for Google because... They have, you know, the the search engine optimization. They know how to to make people get to their shit when they want you to get to their shit. Mm. And so basically, I think that they'll open up a platform similar to Steam and start getting indie devs onto their platform and start, you know, doing games that way. Because I honestly, I think that they're pushing into the gaming industry without having uh, a full grasp of what they should <laughs> what be they're doing. doing. Yeah. yeah, like, I think they have, like, this preferred thought of how the gamer should be. Gamers yeah. gamers don't have thousands. Yes, PewDiePie and these other big gamers on YouTube, yeah, they have the money to, uh, you know, get an HTC vibe because they, oh, let's do virtual reality. I got $1,500 to just throw mm -hmm. around. Not the average gamer, though. We yeah. don't have that money. I would say a lot of us don't have anything to do with virtual reality stuff just based on that alone. We don't have the money. Mm -hmm. So when you're coming out with a big, you know, whatever the fuck you want to call this, I know that they're going to charge to the teeth for it because they're going to try to include all this other random crap and then make you buy other stuff and then get a subscription mm -hmm. and people are not going to be into it. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a point I was going to make is I feel... Like, they are pushing themselves, like like you said, to, like, be able to use this as an experiment to go to other better things. And at the same time, they're going to be able to support this because they're going to have big names playing on it. Mm -hmm. So, like, like, Twitch is right now. Like, Twitch is right now where, like, it's there's a whole bunch of big names, you know? And it's difficult to, like, even, like, as a small person to build yourself up a little bit, you know, because you're swimming in a sea of sharks. And who else would be better to put into your shark tank but the sharks? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they're going to get all these big names. They're going to be using all this stuff. And, you know, it's just going to, everybody's going to want this. It's like, oh, man, like you said, PewDiePie's playing on this. You know, Ninja's playing on this. So I should get this, too. And then they're going to get it and be like, well, why isn't this working? Well, I don't understand. Or I can't do this sort of stuff. So, I don't know. They, cost how much? Oh. Huh. It didn't state in the article, but it's enough. <laughs> and I, I... I, The fact that they're going to limit people to the Stadia controller to be... to No, this is such a, this is such a mistake. It's such a mistake... I, they said that they're going to be 
that the city will support any HDI or HID compliant controller, but you'll only be able to use that if you're going through a Chrome browser. It's like, uh, okay. What? It's like, I know a lot of people who are just like, hey, you shouldn't be using Chrome, blah, blah, blah. Use this instead. It's like, yeah, but I'm used to Chrome. So for somebody like me, I'd be like, all right, well, whatever. I'm going to do this anyway. But at the same time, there's a lot of people who use different, you know, different engines yep. and won't be able to use anything but the Stadia controller. Like, nah, I think that's a mistake. But <laughs> we've been saying that a lot about Stadia. So hmm. I, like you said, I think this is this is going to be a an experiment doomed to failure at start. And then we'll see what they do afterward once everybody starts to like alright, this is a thing, maybe we should develop some stuff for this, and then they'll bring a whole bunch of studios in to just... Mm -hmm. Then you can you download know. stuff from Google Stadia, and you have your Stadia controller, just like Steam has a controller. It took them a while mm -hmm. to get one, but hey, look, Google already has one that's ready and working and ready to go, so hey, yeah, and you, you and you know, And you know what, uh, what controller I use for Steam? It's a PS4 controller. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, moving on. Uh, so speaking, uh, um, hmm. hey uh, Xbox, pay attention. <laughs> Super Mario Maker Two, Nintendo Switch, and Crash Team Racing have dominated June. Mortal Kombat, uh, Mortal Kombat Eleven has finally been dethroned. Oh yeah. June, June was a bit of a down month for games, but it hits. Uh, but the hits had it all for themselves. June was quite a month for game releases, which no doubt had a big effect on the business of video games in America. According to NPD, all segments, software, hardware, accessories, and game cards declined during the month. With $995 million in revenue, spending saw a 13% drop over the same period last year, though considerably higher than last month. Of all segments, hardware saw the biggest drop with a staggering 33% decline in spending, bringing in only $235 million. Most of that being your fault, Xbox. <laughs> it, is, it has been in the standards this year. The Nintendo Switch is the only platform growing on year-to-year, -year, which was the best-selling console in June, both dollars and unit sales. I'm looking at you, Xbox. <laughs> Jesus. The Switch also continues to reign supreme as the year's biggest-selling platform. Take that, Xbox. My God, but... Software sales generated $386 million in June, a 1% drop compared to June last year. Thanks to uh, Switch's success, Super Mario Maker 2 was June's best-selling game. Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel came in at number 2, followed by Mortal Kombat 11. All three flourished, with Mario Maker 2 setting a new record for launch month sales of a Mario Maker game, beating both the original on the Wii U and its 3DS port. Likewise, Crash Team Racing sold more copies at launch than any other Crash Bandicoot game in history, beating Bandicoot N, same trilogy. Wow. Mortal Kombat's 11th status as 2019's bestseller dollar sale so far hasn't changed. More impressively, Mortal Kombat 11 is now just behind Mortal Kombat 10 and 3 in lifetime sales, <laughs> just having overtaken Mortal Kombat 11. 2011. Or 2011, sorry, yeah. Uh, the charts also saw a surprise return for Spider-Man, which has landed at the number 7 spot. Spider-Man is the best-selling superhero game in U.S. history. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Xbox One still has Mortal Kombat 11 at the top because, you know... <laughs> it's Xbox and it doesn't have Mario. 
<laughs> but, uh, it doesn't have Mario. But, I mean, just... This is... this No surprise here, honestly. Uh, Super Mario Maker 2, like, the first game was so insanely popular. You, just by players and, like, watching it on YouTube, you know, I'm a big fan of Ryu Car and watching all of the stuff that he did on, uh, on Mario Maker. So, like, seeing that at the top of the list doesn't surprise me, really. So, Mortal Kombat 11 finally dethroned. It took us nine podcasts to finally respond to her, or to finally give you something different than Mortal Kombat 11's the best game ever. <laughs> yeah, Mario Maker so, uh, didn't take long. Yeah, of course not. But, uh, Moving on, uh, just a little snippet here. Uh, Plants vs. Zombies 3 is now in pre-alpha, and you can play it now on Android. Uh, PVZ 3 is in the works for Android, and you can try it out for yourself ahead of release via the pre-alpha. Uh, a pre-alpha for the Android version of PV PVZ 3 will be held, EA announced, today, uh, as of the 18th, which was uh, Friday. Uh, Pre-alpha is playable from today through Google Play, but it's only a limited number of downloads will be available in phases. If you miss out on one phase, EA and Pop Games said to check the page another day for a chance to play. As any content you play in a pre-alpha, it's subject to change, some of which will be ne ne necessitate having to reset progress. For now, testing is only available on Android devices with 6.0 Marshmallow. It's unavailable on iOS at this time. PVZ3 pre-alpha is free to play and microtransactions will not be available during the testing phase. Uh, you can find out more about it during, on their dedicated page. Uh, a release date will be announced at a later date. Um, I know a lot of people who are big fans of Plant vs. Zombie, so this is going to be something that's right up their alley. Yeah. Um, I've actually never played a Plant vs. Zombies game, but I heard that they're all really good, so... Uh, if you're interested in the pre-alpha, uh, you can go check out their page, and hopefully you can be able to get in on that uh, on that pre-alpha. Uh, moving along, uh, just an update on something that we covered before. GTA Online Diamond Casino and Resort opens next week, as of Thursday, with new missions, minigames, and loads more. We called it back in June, but we finally have a date. GTA's Online Casino opens on July 23rd, which is Tuesday. Uh, the space called Diamond, Casor Diamond Casino and Resort will be located in the heart of Los Santos and will be the largest mass entertainment complex in GTA Online. Rockstar put out a trailer for the announcement. The massive construction project on the corner of Vinewood Park Drive and Mirror Park Boulevard is nearing completion, a radically changing the skyline of Los Santos forever, says the press release. When the brand new Diamond Casino and Resort opens its doors, one and all are welcome to play inside, or just to stay in the most luxurious res luxurious resident in the entire estate. More than just a place to go to let off your inhibitions and your sense of passage of time, Diamond is, one, is the one-stop destination for quality entertainment, high-end living, and a range of experiences you won't find anywhere else. Among the new activities, there's three-card poker, blackjack, roulette, slot machines, and even an inside track where you can watch and bet on horse racing. Uh, in the lobby, you can spin the lucky wheel to win chips, cash, unique clothing, or even a new motor, the Trafod Thrax Supercar. A grand prize, a car, will change week to week. Elsewhere, the casino store houses a rotating range of new clothing for you to purchase. On top of the diamond, you can enjoy a life of leisure in the master penthouse, sitting along the roof terrace, complete with an infinity pool. 
Owners of the penthouse are granted VIP membership, allowing access to VIP lounges, high limit tables, plus a range of special services via the penthouse phone, including aircraft and limousine services and more. Renovate your residence with several upgradable floor plans, including a private Jeez. spa with round-the-clock personal stylist, a bar and party area perfect for hosting raging mem par member parties, and featuring private retro ar arcade games, and a media, ar media room to enjoy games of Don't Cross the Line and contemporary Vinewood cinema like Meltdown <laughs> and The Loneliest Robot in Great Britain. As an owner, you can select the penthouse's color palette and patterns, a cement a place amongst the El Los Santos Nuevo Nuevo Rich with oh my god with a range of modern art from the casino store from refined portraiture to pop art and daring modern sculpture that could all be moved in place around your property uh, penthouse owners can also become members of the diamond family allowing you to take on new missions Take on these new co-op tasks for owner Tao Chang and his staff, protecting your interests from a corrupt family of Texans, petrochemical magnates. Oof. Uh, first time completion of these new missions, that special rewards, with the finale granting you access to a special new vehicle. If you have Twitch Prime, you can get the Master Penthouse for free, as well as uh, 1.25 million GTA dollars, and up to 15% extra GTA dollars on purchases of Shark Cash cards. You've got until the end of the day on July 19th, well, to claim the bonus. So, I'm a little behind on this, apparently. But, uh, I mean, this seems really cool. I mean, yeah, just looking at how big the casino is, just in the world, <laughs> I mean, that's great. And... For what it's worth, I mean, you got a lot of things to play here. There's three-card poker, blackjack, roulette, slot machines, and, and horse racing. For, like, an in-game casino for a lot of other things, like, here's blackjack and here's roulette. Help you want to do some other stuff. There's nah. some retro gaming arcades. Oh, retro games right? inside of a game. Oh. Right? That's going to be cool. <laughs> uh, I... This is coming from me. If you don't know, I am an employee of a casino in the area where I live. I think the fact that they included some, something like three-card poker really excites me. I, It's a carnival game. It's like Caribbean Stud. It's like, uh, you know, crisscross poker. All those other carnival games where it's like, you know, you're going to lose, but you're going to have a good time playing it. That's exciting for me. Seeing a game like that, it's honestly our... For our casino, it's our most popular uh, carnival game, so having it inside of GTA Online seems like it would be pretty cool. But this is me, because I work at a casino. So, you know. But, um... I, I, I'm going to say I really like the look of that car in the uh, in the preview right there. That red, uh, red car right there looks really nice. I, I want one of those. In real world. I mean, in real world, yeah. I mean, look at that thing. That thing looks... Sharp as hell, man. Don't cut but, yourself. Uh, right. But uh, <laughs> July 23rd, coming Tuesday, you're going to be able to go to the uh, the Diamond Consort in Racino and GTM. So, moving on. Uh, Monster Hunter World ships 13 million. Capcom is giving away free stuff in game. Uh, Monster Hunter World continues to ship new units, and Capcom is once again celebrating alongside fans. Capcom has today announced that Monster Hunter World has now shipped 13 million units on all platforms uh, worldwide since its introduction in January last year. 
this major new milestone puts World further ahead of all other games in Capcom's catalog as far as sales. The closest, by Capcom's estimates, is Resident Evil 5 at 7.5 million. Almost. Huh. huh. Um, Hunters, we've hit another big uh, Monster Hunter World milestone. They said in their tweet, 13 million units shipped worldwide. We're celebrating by giving everyone a special item pack. Look out for these useful items when you claim your daily login bonus between July 25th and August 29th. Got a picture of Rathalos there and people getting the cool stuff. Uh, application tickets, silver eggs, gold water. Whatever that is, is stuff. you get some stuff. So every day that you log in, you're going to be getting new stuff. So I don't know how important stuff is because I'm not a Monster Hunter player, but I'm sure... Uh, I'm sure this stuff's important. As it tends to do, the publisher is celebrating by offering players a special item pack. This freebie, this freebie will be available to anyone who logs in on any platform between July 25th and August 29th. Monster Hunter World players should be familiar with the daily login bonus system, and this new pack will be delivered in the same way. In the same way, it includes one attack jewel, 13 appreciation tokens, 13 silver eggs, three gold wyvern print, and three heavy armor spheres. Until then, Monster Hunter World players on PC can tinker with the new uh, NVIDIA DLSS support, which is available now as part of the game's latest patch. Mm. 13 million, man. Holy crap. That's some patch. Just... Yeah, that's crazy. Comp comparing, like, their next highest is Resident Evil 5 at 7.5 million copies. Like I said, it's almost half. That's yeah. ridiculous, man. It's that's like 7.5 million. Amount. Just imagine that's how huge like 13 million units i've never played a monster hunter game but i'm not gonna lie i'm dying to play one i yeah, really want to play one at some point because it looks i played very fun. yeah i played very little of monster hunter so i can't give you like any sort of like hey this is really cool you get all this stuff i don't know if it does so but i'm sure that like it's all important stuff so you know but, yeah, so there's uh, <coughs> enough for you to pick up Monster Hunter World, all 13 million of you. Jeez. So, um, two new Joy-Cons are coming to Switch this fall in North America. Uh, quick bits of news for you. The two new Switch, uh, Switch Joy-Con controller combinations will be released in October. Nintendo of America has announced two bright color options for those who wish to jazz up the Joy-Con collection. Controls will come in blue and neon yellow, or neon purple and neon orange. We like the purple and orange combo personally, and then again, they're, they are two of our favorite colors. Makes sense. Uh, both will be released on October 4th in North America for $79.99 each. As of press time, it's unknown whether or when or if the two new schemes will arrive in other regions. We will keep our eyes peeled for I think it will. I just, as soon as I seen those colors, I brought to mind that... Hey, those are the same colors that you get in Rocket League. I mean, it, it could sense. be just coincidence. But it'd be nah. really cool if they were... I, I don't think you can get Rocket League for Switch, I don't think. Uh, Rocket League is absolutely on the Switch. Oh, wow. Damn. Uh, it, yeah, there you go. It's actually been around for a little bit now, so yeah, there you go. It's been for a while, fuck. Yeah, but um, these—they look pretty cool. I like them. 
I mean, I'm particular to the blue and neon yellow one, just because my favorite color is blue, which, you know, it's just whatever. I like the but, purple uh, and orange, that's really nice. They're all nice, yeah. actually. I mean, um, I just, I just really wish that they didn't cost so much. Yeah, I know. It's like, that's my only, that's my only complaint about, like, Joy-Cons, is that they, they, they have such a huge price tag to them. But the problem with that is that Nintendo's the only one that makes them. So... There's, there are no third-party Joy-Con controllers, so Nintendo can just charge whatever they want, which is like I don't want to say that that's a problem because it's not a problem. It's their it's their product to do what they want with. But at the huh. same time, you know, if something happens to a Joy-Con, you're out like eighty dollars to go buy new ones. It's like, ah, this hurts a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You were like older controllers for older consoles were not like Wiimotes weren't eighty dollars you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. ps but the, the my new ps4 controller was not eighty dollars but like i said it's theirs to do what they like uh speaking of nintendo or nintendo switch i should say uh, tetris 99 will be hitting retail in september and coming uh comes with switch on a, a switch online sub and dlc uh, the retail release for Tetris 99 will come with a year's worth of Nintendo Switch Online. Tetris 99 is getting a retail release which includes the paid DLC and one year subscription to Nintendo Switch Online. The big block DLC is available to purchase from Nintendo eShop for 10 uh, At present, it comes with CPU Battle and Marathon. Further, offline modes will be released this year as part of the, part of the package, one of which is 8-player local multiplayer. More information will be revealed in the on the content at a later date. The Switch Online runs $19.99 per year, so you're basically just buying the DLC with a subscription and getting the game for free, mm-hmm. which it already is. Uh, Tetris 99 will be released at retail on September 6th for $29.99. Um, okay, you have to understand something. I am a huge Tetris fan. No. All right? I'm a, I'm a super, super, super huge Tetris fan. Um, I, I, I might have, I might have gone over this in a, in a previous podcast, but my brother and I are really, really good at Tetris. Okay, just to give you an example, uh, my brother and I had a little party of which we had a couple of our friends come over, and we're like, hey, let's go play some Tetris. We were playing the next Tetris at the time. And we beat our friends in five minutes. Okay. And you can verify this with the two of them. You can verify this with my brother. My brother and I played that game not consecutively. We played that game of Tetris or the next Tetris for 24 hours. We played the game for a day. One game for a day. That's how good a Tetris you are. Okay. So that just puts into perspective how good a Tetris player I am. And how how much I love the game. This is completely unnecessary. Having... Okay. Let Let me explain myself, okay? Because I know that that sounds really weird. But this game is completely unnecessary to have as retail. All right? Here's why. <clears throat> the DLC is $10. Nintendo Online is $30. Tetris 99 
is already free. What is the point of this? Exactly. Exactly. I have nothing. I don't understand this. You can go on to your Switch right now, download Tetris 99, pay for a year, pay for the DLC, and you've done exactly the same thing that you could do by going out and buying the console version. In so why? September. So why? Why? What? Why? I don't... I. Why? What is the point of this? I don't understand this at all. Maybe it won't be free all forever? I, I don't know. I... 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 I, I, I yeah, you've got, me, man. you've got me. I mean, it could be for people who are collectors who want a physical release. I mean, okay, there you go. There, there you go. There, that has to be the only reason for this is that I want to get a a physical copy to sit on my shelf yeah. to go with all my other Tetris games. I have like a Tetris collection of which yeah. I have all the Tetris games lined up. There, boom, Tetris ninety nine. That's it. That's all I've got. I, that's all. That's it. What's up, else? How you doing, man? But uh, that that literally can be the only the only thing I can say. So I'm gonna move on. Uh, Nintendo is going to be releasing a Switch with a longer life battery. A Switch model with a longer life battery will be hitting retail in August. Nintendo will release a Switch model with a longer battery life starting next month. The current, the current battery life on the Switch is 6.5 hours, whereas the upgrade battery will last around 9. On the spec sheets, Nintendo compared the battery usage when playing a heavier game such as Zelda Breath of the Wild. Current Switch users will provide around 3 hours of play in Breath of the Wild, while, a new battery, while the new battery will provide 5.5 hours. The new, S, the new SKU will cost the same as the current Switch consoles on the market. It will arrive first in Japan in early August. North American consumer or customers can pick it up in mid-August, and it will arrive in Europe in September. Um, I mean, this is cool. It's a good thing to uh, do, but you know that everyone who has the older Switch with a shorter battery life is going to be pissed off about it. Mm, I mean, like... I want a free one. So, um, Nintendo... Now that you're going to be making these new switches, and you're going to have these new, you know, these extended life batteries, I know that you guys have a bunch of those old, crappy life switches sitting around your uh, your company. So, <laughs> I heard that there's a guy who's looking for a switch. So, and I'm sure those old life battery switches are going to be switched up with new life battery switches that you're using as door stops. So, I heard there's somebody who could use. A, a switch with an old life battery. <laughs> I'm just saying, this is going to come up in every podcast. Every I podcast, is so every podcast. Nintendo, you need a switch. You know what I'm saying? Scott already <laughs> has one. You've already this, done your job. I already have my switch. I don't need one. Like the you one already, you heard him. Me, He's working at just, a casino. Just give it to him, man. Just give it to that guy. <laughs> but. uh this is this is cool. Like you said, yeah. older Switch owners are probably going to be a little ticked off about this, but if you can swap out the batteries or something, it's... though, and you can get like I don't know, some kind of 
on line codes so you can get buy a new one for like yeah, fifty percent discount for, or something like that, or bring in your right, old I, one, you'll get a new one for you know half whatever. I don't know. That that would be great. I think that would be a really really good idea. Mm -hmm. So, Nintendo, you hear that idea? That's a great idea, and you should give this guy a switch for the effort. <laughs> just just saying. Jesus, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna drive this point home here. Um, <laughs> Going back to Tetris, uh, Tetris Effect heads to PC next week on July 23rd and as an Epic's Game Store exclusive. Oh. PlayStation exclusivity period of Tetris Effect has ended. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Tetsuya Miguchi, Miz, Miz, Tetsuya Mizuguchi's musical reimagining of Tetris, Tetris Effect, will arrive on PC as an Epic's Game Store exclusive. The PC version is being billed by the developer as the ultimate version of the game as it comes with an uncapped frame rate, if vSync is disabled, ultra-wide ultra monitor support, 4K resolution, and other graphical options not found in the console release. Oh, the game wow. can be played normally or by, by using the HTC Hive or Oculus Rift. Originally a timed PS4 <coughs> and PSVR exclusive, the game will arrive on the Epic Game Store July 23rd. Oh, that's Tuesday. It will also be available for 20% off until August 6th. After that, it will run you $40. So 20% off is going to be $32. So, um, you know for damn sure I'm going to own this game. It has killed me that I have not been able to play Tetris Effect because I have not owned a PS4, nor do I plan on owning a PS4. It is one of the few Tetris games that I have not played. And it kills me on a deep level that I haven't played this game. And it's coming out Tuesday, and I'm chopping at the bit for this. I cannot wait. If you've not seen how beautiful Tetris Effect looks, oh my god. This game is gorgeous. Like, visually, hmm. uh, audibly, everything. It just is the... I will say the most beautiful Tetris game ever made. You know, and there have been some games where it's just like Tetris 99 visually, it's not like anything special. You know, mm -hmm. there have been like some visually not impressive Tetris games like the Tengen Tetris or Tetris the Grandmaster. None of those games were really about like, you know, especially the Grandmaster. The Grandmaster was never about the looks. Grandmaster was always about playing Tetris to the highest level possible. Yeah. You know, if you've ever seen people play the Grandmaster, those guys make me look like a fucking noob. All right. These guys are the best of the best. Yeah. This is more. <laughs> this. What's that? I know one of those people. I'm pretty sure Enchantress of Numbers plays Grandmaster. Mm. But uh, this is a Tetris visual just masterpiece it looks so good i cannot wait to be playing that so uh moving on ubisoft reveals the list of 100 games coming to you play plus in september i will be able to glance over these quickly by the way uh ubisoft has announced its initial list of games coming on the you play plus service over 100 games will be made available when you play plus service launches this september 
You play plus allows subscribers to download games directly to PC, and you can play offline-enabled games without connecting to the internet. Nice. The service launches on September 3rd, and those who sign up now can get a free trial of Uplay Plus running uh, September 3rd to September 30th. At launch, the service... Excuse me. At launch, the service will include more than 40 premium editions. New releases such as Rainbow Six Quarantine and Watch Dogs, or Watch Dogs Legion will also be included with a subscription. Here is the list of games which have been confirmed for launch. In 2020, the service will be on Stadia as well. Uh, this includes Anno uh, 1800 and Anno 2205. Uh, all of the Assassin's Creed games. I'm pretty sure this is like the entirety of the Assassin's Creed library. Makes sense. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil, Three Brother in Arms games, Earned Blood, Hell's Highway, and Road to Hill 30. Child of Light, Cold Fear. Uh, Far Cry, uh, all, I think all of the games up to, up to five. Flashback Origin, For Honor, From Dust, Gods and Monsters, I Am Alive, Imperialism 1 and 2. Uh, it looks like all the Might and Magic games except for the first one? Uh, looks like It looks like Might and... Or, no, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I, I misread that. It's, 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 it looks like it's, you just made a mistake there. It's actually Might, it's Might and Magic 7 through 10, and then it's uh, Might and Magic Heroes 2 through 7. Yes. Uh... Monopoly Plus, Ode, Panzer General 2, and 3D Assault, Pod Gold, uh, five Prince of Persia games, uh, Rayman 2 and 3, Rayman Forever, Legends and Origins, and Rayman Raving, Raving Rabbits, Silent Hunter 2, 3, 4, and 5, uh, South Park games, The Fractured Butthole and The Stick of Truth, <laughs> Speedbuster, Starlink, Steep, The X Games Gold Edition, The Crew 1 and 2, uh, The Settlers 1 through 7, and a, a, a huge list of Tom Clancy games. Like, yeah. whew, huge and list of Tom Clancy Ghost games. Ghost Recon and War, The Division. Yeah, it's like a huge list. Uh, Turbo, uh, Trackmania Turbo, uh, Trans, uh, Transference, Trials, oh, Evolution, and Fusion, and Rising, Uno, Valiant Hearts, Warlords, Battlecry 1 and 2, Watch Dogs 1, 2, and Legion Ultimate Edition, World in Conflict, and Zombie. Zombie. Revealed during E3 2019, Uplay Plus is a subscription service similar to EA Origin and will run you $15 a month or the regional equivalent. Um, there's a really good list of games here. I mean, for $15 a month, if you finish one of these games, it's be it's better to buy like any of these. Like I don't want to say any of them, but like Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. How much is that on Steam right now? Who knows? Well, I mean, the other thing is you could probably get through three or four of those if you really had the time. Yeah, you know, in a month. So I think $15 a month subscriptions, being able to play offline games or, 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 or single-player games in offline mode without being connected to the internet, I think that's really worth it. So, like, even if you say if it takes you two weeks to play through the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 16 Assassin's Creed games... Imagine if you bought each of those Assassin's Creed games. I'm just going to say 16. I'm going to lowball this bitch at $20 a piece. That's $320. Right? So 16, a two weeks piece, you're getting your money's worth. Even if you even if you subscribe for a year, and it takes you a year to get through these games, a year of subscriptions is less than $200. 
So you saw how much I said that that was going to be. $360 low-balling some of these Assassin's Creed games. Because trust me, I know a couple of them are not $20 games. So... There's a, it's, you get most of the Far Cry games. You get a couple of Might and Magic games, Might and Magic Heroes. You get the Prince of Persia games. It, uh, just an enormous amount of Tom Clancy games. You can get the Splinter Cell, Rainbow Six, Ghost Recon. You get through all that stuff. You know, you get the Watchdog games. So uh, I think this is going to be a subscription base that gives you value provided you have the time to play all this stuff. You know, for me, I don't know. I really don't have that much time to play through an Assassin's Creed game, and it would probably take me, like, a 50-hour Assassin's Creed game would probably take me, like, a month to finish, because that's, like, how long it would take me to get 50 hours into a game. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so. so, anyway, moving on. Um, a Pokemon Go update adds some major quality of life changes. Uh, the latest update has made it much easier to examine IVs. The update version 0.145.0 for Go, which is currently available on Android, comes with a major change in how the game play or displays IVs for different Pokemon. This appraisal system allows players to compare Pokemon and find out which of them are better or worse for different att attributes. The only problem is that the Vibridge used in the old system wasn't standard or wasn't standard or clear this coupled with rng nature of the attributes themselves confused many players who made the process harder than it should be no more however as the new systems has much clearer layout as you can see in the screenshot below there's now a clear indication when a pokemon's attribute is at 100 percent and the attributes themselves are easy to understand the Sif Road also notes that you are able to flip between the different Pokemon easily when you want to compare. If the update is available on Android, this usually means it'll be out soon on iOS across the game's various regions. Um, I know a lot, like, I, like I've said in previous podcasts, I know a lot of people who are very much still into this game. Mm -hmm. And this was like one of the things that they've had to like add mods to their phones to be able to look at. So, like, just implementing something into the main game, it's just like, oh, I don't have to have mods anymore to be able to see all of this stuff, is a great improvement on a system that kind of needed something like this. Just because of how competitive certain people are, they're like, man, I really want to be able to get my 98% Tyranitar, blah, 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 and whatever. Now you have the availability to see exactly where your Pokemon stands, right out the gate so if you catch a garbage one into the grinder it goes so <laughs> so definitely a huge quality of life uh, improvement for these players so uh my last article also has to do with pokemon pokemon uh the pokemon models in sword and shield are brand new Despite some fans speculating that Game Freak is reusing models from the 3DS games in the new Pokemon, Game Freak has said in an interview that every model was created fresh. This is why you're not getting the national decks. Sortimon Poke? Oh my god. <laughs> Pokemon Sortimon. I'd play that. Sortimon! Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, which are both due in November, are introducing a bunch of changes to the world of Pokemon. 
They won't feature every single one, which, fair enough, the roster's kind of crest to a thousand with this game, and catching them all would have been an extraordinary time sink. But some fans are, of course, upset and have even speculated that models from the 3DS entries in the series were being reused in the game. For some reason, the idea that the team not rebuilding every single model totally from scratch got people riled up. And now an older interview has surfaced and suggests that people have, been, have less reason to be angry. As reported by Polygon, a post on the Pokemon subreddit has revealed that the game that Game Freak Remake is remaking every model from scratch. This comes via an interview in Zamitsu from January from June 13th. The interview is all in Japanese though, which is why the piece of information hasn't been widely reported in the West until now. In fact, because of the game's new Dynamax feature, which stretches out the Pokemon to kaiju proportions, additional models had to be created for each and every Pokemon so that they would look right when they made them big. Yeah. So there you have it. You have, no, you have no need to worry that your new Pikachu is the same as your old one. Um, I think this is a perfect, perfect reason as to why we're not getting the national decks. Because they just can't do this with a thousand Pokemon, guys. Oh, God, no. Just get over this. Get over the fact that you're not getting the national decks. I, I understand that this is something that's been in Pokemon for 20, 30 years or whatever, however long it's been at this point. Get over this, guys. We're getting new models for everyone. Is Skarmory going to be in the game? I don't know. He's my favorite. Is he going to make it? I don't know. Am I going to stop playing the game because he's not in it? A fucking course not. Well, that's good. Just, of course I'm not going to stop playing it because I want to play. And also because Corviknight looks really cool and I kind of want like 10 of them. But <laughs> it just, all of these models are going to be brand new, guys. All of them. Mm. So just appreciate what you're getting here. When they get they're it, they're not going to have, they're, they're still going to find stuff to complain about, but they're still going to be so content. They're going to be like, oh, yay. New Pokemans, I finished it in two days because mm -hmm. I just stayed home from school. Don't stay home from school unless you're yeah. you know, in grade eight or lower. Right. But it's just... You guys have so much to complain about, and you're just negating or, or just, like, forgetting the fact that these games look so good. And some of the new Pokemon look so good. Everything that I've seen in this game has been so good. Stop complaining. You're not getting a national dex, get over it. Because you're getting all new models for who knows how many Pokemon. There may be 500, there may be 600, who knows? You know? So just appreciate what we have, Pokemon fans. Indeed. Maybe later, you know, maybe when they've had some time to catch their breath for making <laughs> so many new models, maybe we will get the national dex in time. That may be a thing, alright? So just be patient. These guys have to make each of these new Pokemon not once, but twice. Yeah. They have to do it twice. So when the roster goes over a thousand Pokemon because of Sword and Shield, that's two thousand new models from scratch. Yeah. Two thousand. Alright? So just chill. And that doesn't necessarily include all the NPCs and everything else. Exactly. So. so, literally everything's being made <laughs> from the ground up, guys. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And I think, in my opinion, and I, you may crucify me for this, I think this is going to be the best Pokemon game in the entirety of Pokemon when it comes out. 
quote me on that. Maybe I'll be wrong. I don't know. But just by the looks of things, I think it's going to be the best game ever made. That's just me. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that will do it for my section of the article. So we are going to now uh, send this over to OWG with some world records. All right, so this week in the NES speedrunning world records, uh, we have a longer list than last week, which is quite nice. Uh, an update to a couple. Uh, first one being uh, an update to Dark and Duck Any Percent. Uh, Zyman uh, bettered his time. He's at 11.46. Uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers All Zones Co-op 13.03 by Hive Rexon and Powell Predke. Nice. Uh, total Recall, any percent, 6 minutes, 7 seconds by Overswarm. Uh, Tarbash improved his time with Shatterhand with a 1954. Uh, Overswarm uh, got the new Blaster Master New Game Plus Japanese world record with 4 minutes, 51 seconds. Wow. Uh, Blaster Master Any Percent Japanese was also improved uh, to 25 minutes, 25 seconds by Ahmed. Uh, an update to Kabuki Quantum Fighter, a world record for any percent. Nine minutes, 49 seconds by Ka Callum Ball. Wow, sub-10 on Kabuki Quantum Fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, one of our uh, YouTube friends from back in the day, now speedrunner and Twitch streamer as well, Nefitz, uh, I'm, uh, he's got Solstice 100% to 12 minutes, 16.035 seconds. Wow. Yeah, he, it's fun to watch him play that game, too. I've watched mm -hmm. him a few times. I, I haven't seen him recently, though, which he's probably doing it early morning when I'm not around. <laughs> uh, we also have an improvement to Golf Grand Slam Tournament Any Percent, 12 minutes, 46 seconds by Stormcrow 56K. Nice. Uh, Cheetahman 2, any percent, at uh, 4 minutes 18 seconds by Junkyard Dave. <laughs> Overswarm with another world record for streamers, Superb Joe, uh, 58.25 seconds. <laughs> uh, Fester's Quest Glitchless uh, is at 23 minutes 53 seconds by By D's Dad 707. Good job, Dad. <laughs> Good job, Dad. Uh, Asterix, any percent easy at 5 minutes 49.266 seconds by Mad Max. And an update to Quattro Adventure, Linus Spacehead, 8 minutes 37 seconds by High Rexon. Very good. Congratulations to all those new world record holders. Indeed. See, I wish we and, could see some SNES and Mega Drive ones now. Mm. And, mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, children of all ages, we have successfully gone through. Two weeks without mentioning Mappy Land. It's two weeks. And City Connection. And City Connection. Holy crap. <laughs> Come on, Mappy Land players. Get your, get your game going. What's the matter with you guys? <laughs> All right. Up next. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. It's your favorite section. I'm pointing at myself. It's your favorite section. It's my favorite section. I bet it's Stefan's favorite section. It's. The Steam Queue. Oh, baby. Oh, I can't wait. Steam Queue time, boy. Well, and you know what? I'm going to do two this week. Just because oh, I can. oh, we get the double dip on the Steam Queue. <laughs> oh. All right. First up, we have Hellsinker. It's a shmup. Ooh, you got me interested already.
It's gonna say, what is your ship? What? Oh, this looks very Toho-esque. Oh my god, yes it is. Yep. That looks very Toho-esque. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Oh god. Oh lord. Yeah, this is not a <laughs> game I would play, because See, I would be terrible. See, here's the thing. I really love shooters. I really love shumps. I love bullet hells. Oh, another shot. But I, but I am ass booty cheeks at them. That still looks really cool, though. This is different. Red Horizon, another shoot 'em up. Why are there so many shoot 'em up games? I wonder. Because I like down well. Oh. Listen, that's a different type of shoot 'em up, all right? Okay. I love this it seems like power your ship up asteroids. Whoa! 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 Way complete. Mm, no, I don't think it'd be something I would play either. Nah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's not something I would play. Let's bring this mic close to me again. Jesus. Oh, or of worlds, early access adventure. In oh, hold on now. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Oh, 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 it looks good. Oh, baby. Oh no, stop! I don't care about what people are saying, but I want to see it more, please. Whoa. Whoa. This looks like a roguelike Metroidvania. Yeah, really do. Oh my god, Stefan. It looks like a roguelike Metroidvania. <laughs> Is it bad? Uh, uh, it's literally like two words that make me soil myself. <laughs> Jesus. Procedural worlds. It is rogue like Metro. <laughs> oh, we start in another universe, damn. Okay, so I'm gonna give you a heads up. <laughs> I would want to play the shit out of this. It's been what is out this since like Aura April 2018. Oh, it's in an early access too? Yep. Wait, it's on the list. Four, wait, 2018? Yeah. Oh, Refoil. Roguelike platformer adventure. Alright. Yeah, I'm lost. Lost for some gameplay. Whoa. Oh, hello. Yeah, oh, oh. And awesome. Ooh. Yeah, whoop. Oh, this reminds me of Dead Cells. This is definitely, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Oh, what? Not the music that would, that's appropriate to go with this fucking game right now, but. <laughs> it's the invincibility music from Adventure Island. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. This looks pretty good. Wishlist on Steam? Alright. Refoil, huh? Cool. Done. I like it. Gramophone games. It's been done. Mm-hmm. Alright. Not bad so far in our Night queue, Stefan. Story Rich Doing Investigation good. Simulation Noir. Uh... Eh. Not a fan of these type of games. No, neither am I, unfortunately. I do apologize, Nightcall. I will play a little bit more of the trailer though, just in case somebody else wants to see it. 
it doesn't look like it's actual gameplay, which is... That's what I don't like about... Okay, here we go. Looks like there's some stuff here. It's mostly just, yeah, picking different... Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, like, these, sort, these sort of games are just... They're not my bag. Oh! oh what are you? Oh! Oh! What? Excuse me? That was... See? I'm fucking... This is why indie games are included in this podcast. Because look at this mm -hmm. shit, man. Oh. This looks real good. Yeah. Yeah, I would play this. Yep. Man, coming soon. Oh. Yes, sir. <sighs> Baby Redemption. What? Adventure roguelike bullet hell. What? Oh, okay, it's a top-down shooter. Uh-oh. <laughs> this kind of, uh... No, I this, can't. This, def this definitely has a Streets of Rogue sort of feel. Not even. No? Streets of Rogue is more pixely than this, yeah. Yeah, not my type of thing, unfortunately. Sorry. Oh, hello. Scourgebringer. Oh, hello. Delicious pixelness. Oh! Oh! Oh my god. Someone is making an Action Celeste game. Alright. Oh my lord. <laughs> they basically combined the messenger and Celeste oh. into one game. They're yep. Welcome to retirement, indie devs. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And don't die. Yeah. Holy crap. Oh my God, this looks so good. <sighs> and I'm doing two it's discovery things. Good. My God, we're gonna have to go shower after this. This is fucking yeah, ridiculous. Right? Uh-huh. Looks real good. That is just for you, Leon. Hyper Parasite. <laughs> stick shooter. What the f- Oh, okay, and then you steal, like, their abilities, I guess, or something? What? Graphics are nice and bright. Oh, wow. So, yeah, there's been similar games to this before. Yeah. Uh, I played one on an arcade that's, uh, I can't remember, something spirit. Where you're literally a ghost that takes over enemy bodies. It's a pretty good game. I, don't, I won't ignore this, but I won't add it to a wish list either. Yeah. It's not something I would go out of my way to play. Robot mm -hmm. wants it all. Uh, hello, what? Okay. Oh. Gameplay, goddammit. Look at your cat. Okay, here we go. Stop! I want to see more gameplay. Stop. Here we go. Robot one's kitty. Oh, then there's a random dog. Ah! 
Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, that's that. cool. You don't want... What the fuck? Yeah, see? Okay, this is pretty cool. This reminds me a lot of Cave Blazers, actually. Holy crap. Why do you have an ice cream robot? No. Don't get on the laptop with an ice cream. What's wrong with you? Yeah, this is pretty cool. Not gonna lie. What? Once Why? Oh, oh my god. Alright. That's going on to the wish list. It's already out. <laughs> Sometime in 2018. Wait. It came out in 2019. Trust me. Also, buddy, you don't want that dog. Use tobacco. Whoa, whoa, Take my whoa, whoa. What is. Oh, God. Stephanie's about to lose his shit. Just so many, like. Uh... Stephanie's losing his shit. Oh, wow. That's actually pretty nice looking. Yeah. What is that guy who's riding a goat? Because uh, that's what he does. Good question. What's wrong with you? Go up. Yes. Misty Toasty. Oh, Misty Toaster. Sorry. My bad. And Eric. And Pax. What? You had the entirety of packs with you? I don't understand. Okay, right. Hey, that's a lot of players. I can play this. I could definitely play this. This looks fun. That does look fun. And there's... Oh, you already sold me. Stop. Came, oh, it just came out, like, a couple days ago. Next up, we have Possession. Whoa. Whoa, whoa. It's one of these ones. Oh, shit. Okay, yep. Definitely one of these games. <coughs> I'm not gonna lie, I kinda like these games sometimes. I have no idea what's going on. It's one of these dungeon games. <laughs> Come back, Warlock. I'm not done with you. Still confused. I won't add it to the wish list, but I'm not gonna ignore it again. I'm already done one disco I mean that was a pretty goddamn good one though, I'm not gonna lie. That was a yeah. right there. What is the second one gonna give me? Don't let me down, Steam, please. Right. That first one was so good. Horus. Adventure X platformer. What what? What? Oh whoa. Okay. Whoa! Oh my god, okay, this does not look horrible at all, actually. This looks pretty good. Oh my god! What? Was he fighting that boss with a guitar? Okay, that looks awesome. And that just came out a couple days ago. What? That was by 505 Games, by the way. Point that out. Yeah. This is, Developer uh, Paul Hellman and Sean Skate 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 Lord. And Bloodstained. 
Oh. Mm-hmm. Damn. Rift Keeper. Oh my, what are you doing to me? This is, oh. This has, like, been the best dude. <laughs> Discovery case I know, we've right? had so far. Yes. By far. Oh. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. All right. This kind of... This feels like kind of like... I, I want to say like a Bania Dark Souls? Yeah, it reminds me of Dead Cells a lot. Dead Cells too, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Alright. Alright. I can play this. I'm not gonna lie. I can play this. No problem. Looks good. Again, That's already sold. Much. I don't even have to watch the entire thing. <laughs> Jesus. Mixed. Mixed reviews so far, but that's fine. Came out in January. Metroidvania, indeed. I mean... Yup. Alright. Red and the Deadly Sins. Early access indie dark action. Okay. Oh, whoa, okay. I'm so high right now. It's like a new age platformer type thing. Okay. Um, I'm... Can I say I'm not sold on the graphics? Yeah, I mean, they look alright, don't get me wrong, but it's they just not okay, my style. Just, yeah, me either. Okay, once again, I'm not going to ignore it, but I won't add it to my list. Yeah. It looks, it doesn't look terrible, it's just... No. Not my style of game. Not, not my art style, yeah. Oh, you know, what is this? What? What is? What? What? Oh, you have to like. It's a. It's a crypt of the Necrodancer sort of. It's a. It's a rhythm based. Sort of crypt of the Necrodancer thing. Looks nice though. I like it. So can you only attack when... That's what it looks like, and it looks like it's all automatic. Damn, alright. <laughs> For some reason I was gonna sit back and like watch more, it just came out as well. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, again, I don't wanna <laughs> add it, but I do yeah. like the graphics. Yeah. I really well, do. It'd be one of those one-try games. Yeah. Like, hey, I'll play it, I'll beat it, and, you know, not really go at it. Interstellar Rogue. Rogue-like. Um. What in the world is happening? It's just a shoot-em-up? Wait now. Oh god. Oh no. It's like, what's that, 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 that old game where you have to land the spaceship? <laughs> you're, you're so small compared to the... God. Oh shit! 
<laughs> That's oh, just jeez. Alright. Not my type of game. Yeah, not really. Heroin Anthem. RPG Adventure Anime? Early Access. Ooh, Winking Entertainment. Okay. Some of my favorite words. Episode 2. Well, so there's already a previous episode. Means you already missed an episode, Scott. Right? Your eyes out the boobs. Strong here. Anime oh, waifus, let's go! <laughs> Please tell me there's gameplay okay. and not just. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There needs to. You gotta get me on gameplay, guys. And my waifus are nice, and the game's gotta be good, too. Was there none? Doesn't look like it. Hold on, though. There's another trailer here. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta hit me up on gameplay. Oh, guys. okay. Hold on, now. Oh shit, okay. Whoa! Alright, this does not look too bad at all, actually. Ooh. Oh, now we talking, boy! <laughs> now we talking! Oh, yeah. Now oh, we talking! That's loving it now. Not, not who has it. Oh, whoa. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Yo, what's up, girls? Whoa. Oh, wow. Does she get excited when she makes soup? <laughs> Holy crap, dude. Okay, this looks pretty damn good. I'm not going to lie. Yes, it does. This is so nice. We're going to do a little research here. You're gonna have to play the first uh, one now, Scott. That's what I'm saying. Alright, well, that was gameplay, and that looks quite good. Oh my god, it just came out in June? Yeah. Heroin's. Heroin Anthem. Yep. Wow, they're like less than ten dollar games. Yeah. Really? Oh, hello. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, yeah. I can play this. This looks fun. Yo, those Game Boy graphics, though. Yeah, I know, but it's so smooth. Like butter on the muffins. Oh. Oh shit. You're shielding yourself from arrows, sir. <laughs> Those frogs are cute, too. Uh, whoa, whoa! Look at that! Okay, this looks oh. fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, it does! Oh my god, this looks amazing. Oh, boss fight! Yeah! Oh, don't, oh, don't take it away! Oh. Oh, it's the boss from Mega Man X. The and Dangerous Dungeon. It just came out in March. So it's been out for a while. It has positive reviews from the few people who played it. And it's cheap nice. as hell, dude. It's less than five bucks for you. Hmm. Jesus. 
the ti uh, the tiny dangerous no. dungeons. No, no. Gory tail, you're literally going around punching the shit out of food that turns into blood and stuff. Like what? Shouldn't it be in turn into the food that they are unless everything's made of red foods? Well, I mean, there are watermelons and yeah, juice. Tiny Dangerous Dungeons. Juice. Oh, this is tiny Dangerous Dungeons is a five dollar game. I know. I just said that. So you really just can't avoid that. Also, this looks like hot food cheeks. So. Oh, 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 let me, let me watch from closer, please. Oh, whoa. Whoa. Holy shit. Okay, this looks... Whoa, hello. Oh, this is, this looks pretty good. We're getting so many good games. What's going I on know, here? I know, right? I'm loving this. This is so great. So happy I done two two of these tonight. Now this is fantastic. Priddle, oh look at that Metroid map. Oh shit. Oh those boss fights. Oh my God, <laughs> Scott. And well, yeah. I'm not gonna assume, but it looks like it could be a female protagonist in that as well. <sighs> yeah, that looks good. Oh, you're you're wish listed. Sixteen it's already out. It's less than ten dollars for you as well, Scott. Scott's games, gonna man. go like buy a billion games. Too many games, man. Speedrun squad, excuse me? What the hell? What? Speedrun squad. Couldn't even ignore because I just wanted to skip it so bad. Planetary dust off. This looks like a top-down shooter. Oh, and the graphics look decent too. Oh shit! Holy crap, things! Just moving constantly. Oh, damn! This doesn't look too bad, actually. Yeah. Like every game, that's basically what I'm saying. Like this game looks good. <laughs> I this know. thing doesn't look bad at all. This is a great game. This is a game game. It's a game game is a game. <sighs> of course I'll add to my wish list. Just came out this year as well. <laughs> what is with twenty nineteen and indie devs just pooping out awesome games? You guys poop right. them out. Every single week. Good game. Mm, I love it. Oh. Alright, our oh, Whoa, what? Everpath? Okay, this looks pretty goddamn good as well. Procedurally generated world, wow. 
Oh shit. Oh, yep, yeah, see. <sighs> Scott. So I know, I know. Games, I know, man. I know. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, this is so ridiculous how many awesome games there are. And like, the art for it just looks fantastic. I almost hit ignore. No. Okay, we're finishing the queue. Wow, less than $5 right now as well. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Alright, well... What a hell of a week for the, 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 the queue. This is why this is my favorite portion, guys. Find out the awesome games that you never knew that you needed. So... Gonna head into my news now. First up, ZX Spectrum Next. Full production should start in the coming weeks. <clears throat> All the next backers have received today an email full of good news. The new keyboard was already tested and approved by the manufacturer and it's on its way to UK for the stamp of approval by the team. With this update, the keyboard and case full production are starting to ramp up and when ready, will be shipped to UK for final assembly, test, packaging, and shipment to the backers. We had some drawbacks before, so I am cautiously optimistic about this update. Let's wait and see. Ooh. That that looks like it's a nice, nice little keyboard, dude. yeah. Yes, it does. Looks really nice. Mm -hmm. uh, I've never played a ZX Spectrum. I would love, love to play one, though. I would. Uh, mm -hmm. Eventually, it will come into my collection one, one day. And probably one of these as well, because if it plays old and new ZX Spectrum games, then why not? Yeah, right? <clears throat> Check this out. Two more ways to play Contra arrive this holiday season. <laughs> Alright, yeah. so fans of Konami's seminal run and gun series Contra have no shortage of ways to play the classic game, whether you're a fan of the arcade original, the NES port, or the numerous sequels we've seen over the years. The recent Contra Anniversary Collection brought together a bunch of them in a package that we awarded a coveted 9 out of 10 in our review. But you can never have too many ways to play the game us Europeans knew as Probotector. So, two more methods are coming later this year, courtesy of My Arcade, known as the Contra Pocket Player, the handheld, and the Contra Micro Player, the mini tabletop arcade cabinet. <laughs> Players are able to link the two devices together for co-op play, although it's unclear okay. if you can connect the micro to the pocket. Both variants will include the original arcade version of Contra, and the Pocket Player will also include the arcade version of Super C. Neat. Oh, that's actually not that bad. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Cool, cool, cool. We've seen uh, various retro players from my arcade in the past, including Galaga, Dig Dug, Miss Pac-Man, and Bubble Bobble. So, it's no surprise to see Konami's classic join its range of mini retro systems. Interestingly, the press blurb describes these as the initial lineup do we really need more ways to play Contra? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone likes Contra, pretty much. Um, I'm a I, nerd yeah, for I, this kind of stuff anyways, man. It yeah. just looks so fucking nice. Uh-huh. And, um, it would be cool if they, like, if they were to be able to, like, switch between Contra and Protector. I mean, the games aren't any different from one another. It's just no. Pro Protector changes the, uh, uh, Bill and Lance over because there was like a thing where like they didn't want like humans dying. That's why like all of the things with game are either aliens or bots. So they just switched the main characters over. Not switch, but Pro Protector was the first. 
then the main characters were both robots, and then the North American person got uh, villains. Little contra history for you. Scott with this contra history. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going back to another game that we had uh, featured in the podcast before. Greelocks. We finally get some action, some gameplay. This is going oh, to yeah. be fun. All right. Okay, so far so good. Well, Koshark. Oh, we're doing like a little explanation. Oh, it was so short. Oh, you. Oh, that was oh super major teaser. Oh, you teased, Buzz. You <laughs> teased so much just then. Why? Oh, that almost hurt me. Oh, I want to see more. It was the same thing for the Shelf Project. It right? Just, short, gi- just give sweet. us like one minute of gameplay. Ah. <laughs> they know how to tease us. They know how to keep us going. All right, up next is our Indie Retro News, brought by IndieRetroNews.com. Those guys cover all kinds of great retro news. Uh, we have a new Soul Force Fabulous Shoot 'em Up announced by Neutron Dev Sarah Jane Avery. As many of you know by now, the ex-Sega game developer and author Sarah Jane Avery is not only working on a fabulous RPG for the 64, C64 called uh, Brilly or Briley Witch Chronicles, by, which by all accounts isn't just a good-looking game, but will have lots of interesting features, and that is sure to whet your appetite. I don't know why I'm so weird reading right now. <laughs> That same developer has also released a brilliant shoot-em-up for the C64 called Neutron. Well, the developer has taken no time off, as thanks to a heads-up from our Twitter feed, Sarah Jane Avery has announced another shoot-em-up for C64 called Soul Force. Alright, we gonna watch... Oh, here we go. And we know that Scott is a big fan of the shmup, so... Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes, sir. Before us launch new Soul Force sweater and break through the enemy line. Ooh. This is C64? That's what it looks like. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, really Damn, nice. this looks really good. Oh. Oh, I like the way the... the oh, uh, my God. Yeah, the, the, the jet looks when it uh, goes up and down. I like the, like the, 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 uh, the ship destruction parts. Really nice. It's a C60. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it totally is. Yeah. It's really cool. Wow. We. Yeah. This is nice. It definitely has like a, a, a Galaga, Galaga, uh, Gradius look. Yes. That's fine. That is perfectly. Oh. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> oh, you look like Gradius. Oh no. Oh, that was it. Oh, oh. man. So, unlike the top-scrolling brilliance of Neutron, this is a game that will hopefully be released at some point this year as a hark back to the days of Gradius, Nemesis, or even R-Type. It will feature different theme levels, ways of dangerous enemies, and awesome firepower as the only means to defend yourself. Please note this is an early tease. The music and SFX have yet to be changed, and it's the NTSC version shown. Can't wait for that. That'll be... Yeah, and again, I'll keep you guys updated on as many of these um, mm-hmm. 
older retro, new uh, retro games, I should say. Especially right. when we're covering C64 and ZX Spectrum and stuff. <clears throat> Alright, Amigathon. A fantastic cause by Amigos Retro Gaming. Coming 20th of July. Oh god, it started yesterday. Uh, so there are many charities out there trying to gather your support. The most of the time, it's hard to pick the right one. Thankfully, Amigos Retro Gaming is here to help. As from July 20th, they'll be running the Amigathon. Fantastic 12-hour event. Ah, oh, it's already over. It's real. Damn it. Ah, shit. Well, we can still report on it because now people can look forward to it next year. Fantastic 12 hour event that benefits Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals, as noted by the website whereby they have raised $1,376 so far. Amigathon is a yearly Amiga centric fundraiser hosted by the Amigos that benefit Children's Miracle Network. Since 2017, the awesome Amiga community has raised over $3,000 to help sick kids. This year, Boat and Aaron are back with another 12-hour marathon of Amiga action. So head on over to the link, which they've already provided, and check it out. As some games such as Lionheart, Battle Squadron, Alien Breed 2, and even Hybris are going to be played. You just know it's going to be a great event, helping a really good cause. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure like these things are going to be too, so if you, if you missed it. Since we missed yeah, it, I would imagine I'm absolutely, have, I'm 100% sure that you guys are going to head over onto you and just check this thing out because some of those games sound like they're going to be a lot of fun and you get 12 hours of Amiga action. So Indeed. Much so if you haven't played like. Amiga and was interested, that's probably your best place to go and mm-hmm. check it out. And while you're over there, uh, if you're feeling charitable, you could also probably still donate. I'm sure they always take extra donations. It looks like it's part of uh, Extra Life as well. So, I mean, uh, it's mm-hmm. always going to a good cause. Yep. Any, any sort of things that help out, you know... Uh, charities for sick kids are like ones that shoot up. Mm-hmm. Without question, you can donate to and you feel good about yourself and you get yourself an Amigathon. So, Indeed. win-win in my opinion. Up next, we have Glazex. Multiplayer fun for the ZX Spectrum. Okay. Let's watch the video. What is with these developers that have really weird... Oh, because, because it ends in CX. Mind. I get it now. I understand. Whoa! <coughs> oh, I can see this being a, a friendship destroyer. Good job. Oh, oh god, that's a bad place to get teleported. Okay, the green guy just waits for the other blue guy to come on. Blue guy, you gotta not give in to the... <laughs> right. Oh, there you go! Ah, oh, blue, you destroyed him! Yeah, tell green to get out of here, green. Oh, good stuff. Very basic, but uh, again, I could see this being fun. J- again, if you just have a ZX Spectrum, you want to fool around with it for an evening or two. All right. Having fun little games like this probably wouldn't hurt. Shoot All right. Ass. So if you've got a friend, <laughs> if you've got a friend round for beer or two, what? If you got a friend over for a round of beer or two, then you might be interested in playing. Eugenian's latest ZX Spectrum's offering of Glazix. Uh, unlike the ZX Spectrum games we featured recently, this one developed as a challenging dev experience for the computer. He played his first game sometime in 92. Can be played up by two players through multiple maps as you aim to destroy one another using deadly ray eyeballs. Jesus. According to the description, <laughs> Glazix is a very simple action game in which the reaction speed is more important than solving puzzles or strategic planning. 
The game includes 12 maps and 4 secret maps, 4 types of bonuses, and 4 game models. Uh, uh, sorry, game modes. 2 special attack movements and ZX128 version contains AY chip title music and advanced sound effects. Can you find these special bonus boxes and destroy your opponent to win the round? Let's play and find out. <laughs> Neat little party game. Again, you know, if if I had like, a ZX Spectrum, I mean, sure, I'd give it a go. Why not? Get two guys drunk, try to shoot each other in a game where like, it's have yeah. to be on a straight line. Like, good luck with that, guys. <laughs> like, hey, we're five beers in. I'll play some classics. And when That's you're really it. close to each other, it looks like you're just eating the other one, which is even more fun <laughs> yeah. than me. So, <laughs> anyways. Great Green Adventure 2 Prologue, very chippy Atari 8-bit game comes first at Lost Party 2019. If you're looking for a nice game to play with a very cool soundtrack, then you might be interested in playing Delay and Zlu's latest Atari 8-bit game, Great Green Adventure 2 Prologue, which came first <laughs> in the Lost Party 2019 Wild Competition. This game, according to the detailed info, puts you in control of Greg, who has just started a new job as a Ghostbuster. Help your girlfriend, Shazzy Pants, avoid touching the deadly ghosts and find the items needed to stop the ghosts from turning your girlfriend's home into dust. Shazzy Pants, eh? Mm. Mm. Good old fucking Shazzy Pants. Uh, if you're looking for an enjoyable yet challenging game to play on your Atari XL or XE, and this game is the one for you. The game features plenty of different themed oh. rooms, deadly fast-moving ghosts that will cause you to lose a life if touched, item collection, and best of all, a thumping good soundtrack demanding to be turned way up on a quality set of speakers. Alright, I'm going to do this in hopes that I'm not going to get dinged on YouTube for uh, <laughs> you know, playing the song that's in the game. Yeah. yeah, that was a random folder that just popped up. Sorry. <laughs> Alright, let's try this out. And then you guys got your own cool music. Stop. Okay. Sounds like MC Kids music. I don't know how I feel. You barely do this guy. I apologize. Game that's play, that's fine. Okay, yeah, no, the soundtrack is fucking bumping, dude. Ho 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 ho! Oh man, this is so good! So good. 
even if this is the one song on the entire game, it's perfectly fine. Oh my god. I don't really understand what's going on in the game. It looks like you have to get things. Don't really care if the soundtrack is so good. Like, it's just like the one song, but Jesus. Hold on. Honestly, I'm sorry. That was pretty damn good. Alright. Our next one. Oh! Ha have you seen anything like this yet, Scott? Upcoming Streets of Rage 4. Featuring legendary OST lineup. No. News is spreading far and wide that has come to as no surprise to us as just moments ago the publisher Dotemu and developers Lizard Cube and Guard Crush Games have announced that Streets of Rage 4, an all new continuation of Sega's iconic arcade brawler series known for its kick ass tunes, bare knuckle fights, and wonderful 16 bit graphics styling will now feature a world-class lineup for the OSD tracks from legends such as Yuzo Koshiro, Motohiro Kawashima, Yoko Shimamura, and Hideki, or sorry, Hideki Naganuma and Keiji Yamagishi. Nice. Featuring hand-drawn visuals from the team behind 2017's gorgeous Wonder Boy The Dragon's Trap remake, Streets of Rage 4 builds upon the classic trilogy's gameplay with new mechanics, a fresh story, and a gauntlet of dangerous stages with a serious crime problem. Streets of Rage 4 recalls classic gameplay, but it stands as an entirely original arcade-style uh, <clears throat> arcade romp thanks to the expertise of Guard Crush Games and Dotemu. <laughs> if that wasn't enough to get you excited, the team behind the upcoming Streets of Rage 4 have said they are thrilled to reveal that Yuzo Koshiro and Motohiro Kawashima, the original Streets of Rage series' incomparable composers, will be joined by an all-star ensemble in contributing brand new tracks for the Streets of Rage 4 soundtrack. So yes, a game not to be missed. Yuzo Koshiro worked on Streets of Rage 1, 2, and 3, Sonic the Hedgehog, Revenge of Shinobi, and Shenmue 1 and 2. Motohiro Kawashima worked on Streets of Rage 2 and 3, Shinobi 2, and Batman Returns. Yoko Shimamura worked on Street Fighter 2, The World Warrior, Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and 3, Legend of Mana, and Parasite Eve, amongst others. Uh, Hideki Naganuma worked on Jet Set Radio and Future, Super Monkey Ball, and Sega Rally 2. And Keiji Yamagishi worked on Ninja Gaiden and Tecmo Bowl, to name a few. Wow. I mean, we have legendary, <clears throat> legendary oh, yeah. composers on this. That, that's enough to make me want to buy this game, even if it's a pile of garbage. And I'm not, and I'm not expecting it's going to be. I'm just saying, no. if it was, I would still buy it probably just because it's a soundtrack. Look how good my girl Blaze looks, man. Oof. Oof. All Oof. Right. Man, she looks good. This is old school, I think. Uh, yeah, it's. I'll get to the actual gameplay if we can. Yeah. Oh, is there no gameplay? Uh, I really hope there was. I want to see. Oh, yep. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Oh, we had a little bit. Oh. Oh my god, look how good Blaze looks. Oh. Okay, this looks fantastic, dude. 
God almighty. This kind of re- reminds me of like uh, like how Double Dragon Neon looked. Yeah, and they went was... and, and basically based it off of the comic look rather than... Yeah, and the, the double, if you haven't played Double Dragon Neon, that game was really good, by the mm-hmm. way. It was indeed. I mean, high fives, man. High fives. How can you get away? You can't. The greatest. Good plays looks. Mm. Jesus. Man. Look at her. Look at her. Oh. Scott loves it. <laughs> well, it's Streets of Rage, man. I just. Oh, yeah. so. Myself. And again, being a big fan of beat 'em up, so yeah, I can't see this being bad at all. No, I mean, of course not. This guy wanted to see. Him. Oh wait, hold on. Look at how! Oh my God, she looks so good. Okay, I thought they might have showed a close up over just then. Look like, look like a tiny little skate. Oh my God. They didn't show him any of the previews, though. Oh, damn. Ooh, what's up, girl? Did y'all ask it? Well, might as well go in for the big close-up for when I do the cinematic here, just for Scott. Yeah. Uh, I'm not taking any enjoyment at all. No. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. And she's on the front cover, to too. Oh, yeah. Just... Oh, dude. All right, up next we have Grubs. It's a worm clone, uh, worms clone uh, for the C64, and apparently it's supposed to be pretty good. Let's have a look real quick. If you haven't played Worms before, it's a really fun game. <laughs> so just being able to have this on the C64, I can imagine this being like so. Two silly, two silly things, and blow the fuck out of your friends. Yep. So oh, 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 those hitboxes oh, are oh, so small. Oh, wow. Yeah, they are. Holy cow. Uh-huh. Oh, damn. Tom just took some damage. Joe and Luke got really lucky. Oh, Luke just took it in the face. Oh, Tom, you're almost dead, dude. Oh, oh, is that Sam? I think that's Sam. Sam's got to hit Joe. Oh, God, you didn't get him. Sam, you're going to get... Joe's going to destroy you, dude. Oh, no, he missed. He missed my mom. Okay, I'm getting way too into this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be but happier if they Again, it's, it's quite basic, obviously, and it is yeah. a clone. I mean, that, you know, that that's to be, you know, expected. To be expected, thing. yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it's obviously dulled down. I mean, the graphics aren't as detailed on those pumpkins. But at least you can still tell it's pumpkins. And, I mean, you're only using two worms per team, probably, as opposed to, like, eight or ten. And maybe, for all we know, there's not limitations, so. Although it's not as impressive as the other uh, reviewed version back, uh, released back in 2004, this homebrew version looks still, uh, looks uh, rather nice as an 8-bit game bringing back that worms gameplay style. So far from the look of the preview, we can only play a single stage, but at least there's some sort of gameplay there as other grubs can be killed and landscape destroyed. So it looks like it's still a work in progress, but hey, that's cool. You're getting a version of Worms for the C64. I don't consider that a bad thing. Mm-hmm. 
still looks like fun, man. All right, Yamo Revenge, an action platformer featuring the protagonist from Bruce Lee. All right, so we've certainly featured a 1984 game of Bruce Lee more than a few times, especially with games such as Eel E-Curb announced for the Atari XLXE. Now we look towards something slightly different for our retro kicks, as Yaron Nier has released an early work-in-progress version of his upcoming game called Yamo Revenge an Atari Apic game which features the protagonist Yamo from Bruce Lee. Now, before you get too excited to think this is a new game based around Bruce Lee's just because it stars Yamo, you'd be sadly mistaken. In this game, you must jump from platform to platform, avoid falling into deadly spikes, and enemies must be destroyed by shooting at them with your fists. It's a rather odd take on the classic game, but as another member said, it doesn't seem to fit that Yamo can shoot rather than punch or kick. Okay, have to see it. Yep. Satisfying with the sound, Scott. I don't know what. No, I'm serious. It's like so old school. It's fucking awesome. Like that early Nintendo, late Atari kind of sound. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Jumping ass Cubert. So we. That's an interesting. It looks like it would be a difficult game. It doesn't look. Oh, fuck. Yep. Spike's got you there, buddy. Blech. <laughs> Dead. <clears throat> so it, it looks interesting. I would play it. Personally, that's me. But uh, I'm a sucker for these stupid old looking arcade <laughs> games. I really am. I love them. Hey, it's okay. Uh, I mean, everybody's got their, got, their, uh, got their genre, you know what I'm saying? I don't even have genres. Ah, anyways. Oh, I definitely do. GameStop uh, to create a new store concept offering retro gaming. Uh, I, I actually saw about that uh, outside of the podcast, and this is this is real questionable. No secret that GameStop has had a rough few years financially. They saw a third quarter loss of nearly half a billion dollars last November, even after selling Spring Mobile for a cool $700 million. Recently, it had to stop searching for a new buyer, with its stocks plummeting by over 25%. Obviously, something needs to change, and today GameStop announced that its new business-saving strategy is turning stores into unique experiences. The new direction is part of a partnership with a colossal marketing company, R r slash ga and revolves around gamestop's long-held desire to reaffirm its place in video game culture together gamestop and rga are developing and piloting new and streamlined physical store concepts introducing new ways for gamers to try new titles before they buy them 
Read the announcement before going on to say that Read the announcement before going on to say that unique store concepts that offer things like competitive sessions in homegrown e-leagues to locations that sell strictly retro gaming software and hardware are just some of the ideas that they're going to trial in new concept stores. <sighs> GameStop wants to create a place to have local video game competitions or somewhere for gamers to sit in front of a decent CRT TV as well. Some of these options are pretty hard to come by most times, so it is hoping to capitalize on those to find new st streams of revenue in a world of constantly shifting toward a digital future. An early version of this article said GameStop sold Sprint Mobile when it was in fact Spring Mobile. Sprint Mobile when it was in fact Spring Mobile. Okay, never mind. Anyways, I so basically I just, they're going to try and give you a hangout spot to play old retro games when it's like, yeah, oh, well, know, it's so just... hard to do that in areas. <clears throat> really? You can't go to your local thrift store and get a CRT TV for like 20 bucks? Are you serious? You this can't is... look up in your local, like, re free cycle and find someone's like, oh, hey, I just upgraded to big screen, you know, flat TV. Anyone want this old fucking square? It still works. You know, it's not it's hard just, to find places to do this shit. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, even my, my local gaming, 10 minutes away, they have their own section that does just exactly this. It's a gaming section where you just bring your games. They have the CRTVs for everything, so they have sort of They have streaming that they like do monthly fighting game tournaments like that that they stream. So, I mean, I know that's just for me because I'm in that kind of an area, but this is an awful idea because not only they're talking about losing 25% stock, but you have to also understand that this is all, this is going to also have to make all of these game stops remodel. Okay. Which is going to cost these game stores or these, these gate, these stores money. And they have to, you know, add these things and then potentially become like a hangout spot random people like i don't know man it just doesn't i don't think it's gonna work i think they're gonna get phased out pretty quickly if they don't yeah. find something more i think need to do like <coughs> think about the walmart problem. they offer everything that gamestop has yeah plus if you're not there for that there's a hundred thousand other things that you can go and buy there that's not video game related so mm. they offer what you have plus way more Plus, they probably have a McDonald's on the side of it. Plus, they also have, like, groceries there. Like, you gotta understand that, like, parents are gonna be all like, oh, well, shit, I can pick up Johnny's fucking new Borderlands game at Walmart while I'm there picking up some, you know, dinner. You know, it, to me, it's just, you guys need just to, to you, you had to focus on, you know, this buy and sell retro game thing before, and then you all started getting greedy, thinking, hey, hey, gaming industry's getting popular, let's get only all the new stuff, and let's not care about retro. All of a sudden, now you're not making as much money. Yeah. You might I mean, be too like, late for you. Like, some of these, some of, like, the older, like, PS1, PS2 titles, they're really hard to find. And, like, eBay seems to be, like, it's like, hey, it's the find some of these i don't understand why gamestop does just doesn't understand that people still play consoles you know and i'm not talking about just taking in everything right because there are like the thousand games that are on the ps2 like 800 of my trash mm -hmm. you know that 
developers all had their own rights to be able to make the game PS2. Blah, blah, blah. You know, take in the titles that people actually care about, you know, and sell those titles. You know what I'm saying? Like, GameStop for me, you know, when I go into a GameStop, nine times out of ten, and I might even say like 19 out of 20 times, I'm not there to buy a video game. Hmm. Right? I am at the GameStop to check their gaming merchandise. Alright? I'm there to check out the gaming t-shirt, the gaming pop figures, the other stuff like that. I find their stuff is all overpriced, though. You can go and get a a shirt for $30 at GameStop, or you can do what I did recently and go to Walmart and get one for like $12. Yep. That's a huge difference. And it's from Nintendo as well. So the same Nintendo shirt brand that you're buying over there for more than twice as much, you're getting at Walmart for less than half the price. Right. So I was going to get to that word, like, leave like those retro gaming peripherals and stuff like that mm-hmm. and, and just like the collectibles everything is way overpriced and it just absolutely it, it doesn't need to be and I understand that they're like hey you can only get these specific things exclusively at GameStop so stop overpricing the things like I understand that you have exclusivity license for certain things like I have a pop figure looking at my Overwatch Pharah that's only available at GameStop okay so why is she more expensive than the rest of them? Just keep them at the same prices? It just doesn't make any sense. Like, so, you know, when I want to... The last couple times that I've bought gaming t-shirts, I haven't bought any of them at GameStop. I bought them all at, like, cons and stuff like that, where, like, people want their stuff. So they're not, you know, putting them up at exorbitant prices. So I... I, I have a feeling that, that GameStop has been one of those things that has just slowly and slowly, slowly started fading into, I don't want to say... You're cutting in and out, by the way. Because oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting back, sorry. Um, they're going to fade into just obscurity. And eventually, we just aren't going to need them. Because, as you said, like, everything that can be purchased from GameStop video game-wise can just be purchased at Walmart mm-hmm. or Target or any of the other stores that sell consoles. But that. you know what those places didn't do that you guys used to do, EB? Hmm. But sell and trade games. Right. Oh, you want to come in here with two of these games? You want to get this one? All right. Now you only pay seven bucks for it. Yeah. And now I'm not one of those people who go and do that stuff, but a lot of people did. I was one of those people who appreciated those people trading in those games because then I could get them cheaper. Mm -hmm. That was the nice thing about that era when PS2 was on the go. When I could walk in and be like, okay, GameCube, PS2, uh, original Xbox. All right, what do I want to do? Let's see. Here's a good game. Here's a game I like. Here's another one. Here's another game. All right, I got a nice stack of 12 games. How much? Less than hundred bucks. All right, here, here's your money. Yep. Thank you. And, and now and I have a pop- stack of games that I wanted for those systems for good prices. Yeah. And, and the problem that GameStop is having at this point is that you are starting to way and way and way more often see like those games that they trade in, like some like the 
you know, you can get used copies at GameStop, but you're starting to, like, even just recently, I wanted to find, like, hey, are any used copies of Mega Man 11 that I can buy for cheaper? Oh, yeah, oh, here's a used copy. Why is it the same price as the new? <laughs> what? Why? Why would I ever? Right. Why would I ever buy a used copy of a game for the same price as retail? It doesn't even make sense. Oh, well, it it's still sense. just out. Well, okay, well, somebody else had their hands on this. So, I know, that's why. what I'm saying. It's like, who knows what they did to this game? <laughs> exactly. You know? uh. So, it's just, GameStop needs to really figure out something to get themselves back into the game, and I don't think this is the answer. This no. is not the answer at all. There are plenty of good ideas that they can go with. They just gotta mm. reach out to the right people and find them. Yeah. Alright, next up we have... Oh, we're gonna look at some nice games. So, Drive Along Beautiful Road to Warm Seasons and Summer Catchers. From beautiful land, uh, sandscapes to a glimmering vision of a tall stag, Summer Catchers is ready to amaze you with its vibrant colors. While stunning, these roads also will also be wrought with dangers and bosses to triumph over on your quest to see summer. Dreaming of a long road trip where you can enjoy a fresh breeze of crisp winter air, but you're too broke for gas? Summer Catchers will take you on a beautiful tour through its striking world to make you wish you could take a destination vacation that way. You'll be shown pixel art pushed to the limits in this game. It may be tricky to appreciate all this detail, though, as you zip through forests and deserts on your wooden car. It will be your best friend through thick and thin, f flimsy as it is. Your goal is to see Summer, the protagonist, Chu, has lived in a cold climate all her life and dreams of witnessing lush greenery and sunny beaches. It apparently requires a lot of distance travel, so your car is your number one priority when it comes to upgrades. You'll be able to enhance and customize it as you go through your journey installing a propeller to get some major height on your jumps or a booster to escape some tornadoes. It's not going to be easy to reach the season you seek. That isn't to say your journey isn't without some sightseeing. You'll be able to stop in towns and chat up some friendly or perhaps evil folk, and you won't want to miss a single thing in this intricate and heartwarming adventure. Sounds like a pretty, that's a unique idea. Now just about how it looks. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, so far it looks great. And I like the idea because I like pixel art uh, quite a bit. If anyone hasn't noticed at all. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't been listening. <laughs> oh. Yeah, this is pretty cool. It's almost like a, a visual novel without actually being a novel. Yeah. And that's pretty that's pretty cool. This is like a really overcome oh. tricky. Ooh. Oh jeez. Yep. There's some cool stuff you gotta do in this. This is awesome. Oh my god, there is an actual tornado I thought they were talking about just like little like you know, small ones kind of thing. No, real full blown tornado. Yeah, right. What? <laughs> what? Holy shit. Yeah. Oh my god. There's the tornado. Holy shit. Run! Oh shit! 
Oh, you can actually bring someone with you? Oh my god. And I've, no I've noticed that the, uh, like, as you're driving, those mushrooms that she's dri driving over are, are the currency for the. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Oh! Oh! Jesus. Alright, so I want to play this. This looks. This actually looks pretty fun. You see, uh, the mushrooms are the see. Okay. Oh, there's like little puzzles and stuff. Oh my god! And the, yeah, the the pixel art and this and graphics are just oh spot yeah, on. Oh really my cool. god! Seriously. Summer catchers. That. It's th that sort of thing usually like isn't my bag but actually this actually looks pretty cool i'm not gonna lie oh i was i was like okay i gotta hit add to wish list on this there's no wish list for it to be added to uh just so you know there's a free demo available oh apparently it's available now on steam and it's a ten dollar game damn uh added to my wish list yeah Dog. and there's a free it, free demo if you guys are interested in giving it that was nice. So That's a really, really nice. I'm surprised. And that it's, wasn't it's currently there. it's currently on sale. So there you go. Fifteen uh, percent off. Yep. All right. Up next, another cool game coming out called Junk Puncher. Makes foes explode with steely fisticuffs. Uh, Junk Puncher harkens back to the retro days of shattering hands and punching enemies until they blow up. Doing so to make the streets safe-ish. Neon Deity Games, creators of Shutshimi series Swole, what the f have turned their work from shmups designed around a goldfish's attention span to futuristic dangers that litter your average <laughs> NES game city. Oh. Robots are up to no good for an unknown reason. With your shiny metallic knuckles, you need to clobber them until they behave themselves. Just ignore the fact you're using a robotic arm to deal with a robot problem. Not sure nothing can go wrong with that. <clears throat> of all the names. Come so, on, clearly guys. inspired really? by NES-era action platformers, the game still aims to offer a bit of a softer difficulty curve than many of the games of the time. If you're looking to deal with some of the more frustrating elements of games of the time, allowing for a playstyle that won't have you frequently hurling your Switch or computer tower straight at the window. Although, there will be elements in the game that will allow for that level of challenge if you enjoy it and hate your game systems. Still in early development, but its Shatterhand vibes in art and playstyle hint that you'll likely find it to be an enjoyable action game when it releases. I mean, it looks cool, yeah. And we do have the developer site on NeonDeity.com. Oh, damn. Oh! I mean, it's de it definitely looks like Shatterhand, that's yeah, for sure. but it's updated Shatterhand. It's cool. I like it. Yeah. Well, oh, just one, one, one punch, boom! Fuck you, buddy. You killed him, man. One punch. Oh, all right. So there we go. Junk puncher. Something to look uh, forward to. You'll never forget the name. That's for sure. <laughs> You'll be like junk puncher. <laughs> yeah, it's begging. For yeah. Alright, last bit of news. The Outer Worlds finally gets an official release date at E3 2019. 
don't think we've covered this yet. <laughs> Outer Worlds is one of the big upcoming games we got to feast our eyes on at E3 2019. First showcased during Microsoft's press conference, the title also made a brief appearance at the PC Gaming Show. Despite the recent controversy related to the exclusivity deal with Epic Games on PC, there are plenty of reasons to look forward to this one regardless of which platform you're on. Luckily, we don't have to wait too much longer because The Outer Worlds is launching this fall. The Outer Worlds is an upcoming sci-fi RPG developed by Obsidian Entertainment in collaboration with Private Division. Obsidian is one of the most renowned RPG makers in the industry. Studio is known for its work on highly acclaimed titles such like uh, Fallout New Vegas, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic 2, and Pillars of Eternity, among many others. Uh, meanwhile, Private Division is the studio behind the Sp Kerbal Space Program. The company is also currently working on the upcoming survival game Ancestors The Humankind Odyssey. Needless to say, the collaboration between these two com companies is likely to yield something truly exceptional. Let's watch the trailer. Peggy show. 18. Oh, mm -hmm. Peggy. Well, I have a feeling it's good. Is it going to be like a Fallout space type game? Because that would be... Mm. Yeah, pro probably. Uh, I would play it. Oh, I'm all about exploration. I'm telling you, you're just going to lose me. I'll never come back. <laughs> uh, if I can go to other planets then on top of it, that's going to be oh, so bad. Love it. All right, let's see what happens. Please tell me there's some gameplay. You're just gonna like world us, aren't you? Here's the world. Look at it. Yeah. Soak it in. Taste the freedom. Look at the pancakes. <laughs> what? What was I have that? Jack in the box. <laughs> Jesus. Uh -huh. Who's that little fella on the desk? <laughs> hmm. Whoa! Alright, well that just happened. <laughs> what? Okay. Whoa! Okay, whoa! Are you serious? The, okay, this looks awesome. So it kind of has, uh, not Dead Space, uh, Mad Max. Fallout. I'm sorry, Fallout. Oh, it definitely sure. feels Fallout-ish, yeah. Yeah, the, the slowing time, and vats and stuff like that. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh my god. What? Did you shrink that guy? Yeah, it's a Duke Shrink Ray, man. Dude, this is awesome. I would play the shit out of this. Would you kindly play this game? Oh my god. Yeah, definitely. Definitely would play this game so much. So much playing. Definitely looks, definitely looks like it's worth a try, that's for sure. So apparently it has a lot, it shares a lot of similarities with the Fallout series, and not just Fallout New Vegas, but also Fallout 1 and 2. Now the world doesn't take place in a post-apocalyptic post wasteland like Fallout does, 
but it will feature the same story-driven experience. In addition, this is a game where the choices you make dictate how the story unfolds. The Outer Worlds is set on Halcyon, a, hel a colony located at the far reaches of the galaxy, where corporations run the show. Most people never dare to question the corporate machine in this world. However, all that changes when a strange visitor lands on the planet. You are this visitor, and it's your job to uncover the truth behind a conspiracy hidden by Halcyon's corporations. The way in which you go about uncovering the conspiracy will be entirely up to you. Ooh, you can play hero or villain. That's the interesting part of that. But I guess that's kind of how you could do it in Fallout if you really wanted to. And even some of the uh, Star Wars games had stuff like that. Where depending on what uh, skills you took as, a, I guess, a, somebody using the Force, you could be more evil or good depending on you know which way you went but very interesting game i'm looking forward to i'll i'll play it i'll i'll definitely play it it definitely looks worth the play worth mm -hmm. the... oh jeez it's exploration all right next up we have our kickstarters and we're going to be starting off <laughs> with a game called kingdoms of the dump no, Scott's all like, oh man, what the fuck is this man trash can? I'm just like, Scott, hold on to yourself. I, Wait until you see and then judge. And then you will see, I, like, this is, looks fantastic. I, I give everything a chance, man. I just. Uh, I know. It's not, it's not the goat game, so. It's not goat's <laughs> duty. I forgot about that. Not only Go does this see. look fantastic, it looks like it would be an awesome game to play. I love the airship part. <laughs> it feels like... What would you say? Secret of it's Mana, but like... Secret of Mana meets... Yeah, 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 exactly. So, two really good RPGs, man. Yeah. Not a horrible thing. I mean, if people love Earthbound, then all the crazy shit that happens in that game. <laughs> Who will protect the lands of Phil? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Whoa. Yeah, this looks awesome. Like, even if this was made with an RPG maker, this they took their time and made something well done. This looks so good. This is so ridiculous. <laughs> but it looks good. I looks really, fun. really, really want to play it. <laughs> Alright, so they have 23 days to go. They already have over 1,000 backers. They're looking for $78,369 Canadian. They've already got 55864 so they're fairly close. They're over halfway. Uh, yeah, as you can see, the, the game itself looks so good. Look at that. Mm -hmm. Look, there's nothing about this that I... Oh, it just, it looks so good. Like, the gameplay mechanics look nice as well. Like, oh. All right, I so... Just, so Sorry? I'm I'm not gonna miss the irony that the main character, the trash can, is named Dustin. <laughs> like he's a Dustin, Dustin. Binsley. Yeah. 
the By the way, apparently these people through. are out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Really? Indeed. I'm like going to Philly tomorrow. Go meet him. <laughs> really? Oh, the king of Garbagia has been trash picked. Cross the lands of Phil and uncover hidden secrets in the trash and expose the evil organization trying to destroy the kingdoms of the dump. So it's a narrative-based game with quick-moving story, interesting world, jumping, climbing, and other on-field skills that add to exploration and navigation. No random encounters. Turn-based combat with a tallboard grid encouraging placement and movement. Timed hits, like pressing keys during the peak of an attack animation for a critical strike. Uh, quickly toggle between main characters to make use of their field moves and a large Mode 7 inspired world map. Travel by land, sea, and air. SNES inspired visual aesthetic and detailed environments and expressive sprites. Wow. I, I, I love the look of this. I love everything about it, to be honest with you. It's, it looks so good. Character swapping, on field abilities, and stuff. Yep. Walker Jacket. Awesome. Fighting Journey. Oh, God. Yeah, they're literally explaining how to even play the game. It's like they're giving you the, the manual for the game without having to even pay for it. <laughs> Dustin Binley. Cerulean Musk. His name was Dustin Binley. Yeah. Dustin Binley. <sighs> I'm like, I'm disappointed. I. What? I'm not. Oh, hold on now. What? SNES box, physical box copy of the game. Uh, really? Mm. Oh, boys. Oh, you got me going. This is. Oh. SNES box classic collector's edition. Piece of the game. Development trash. Access to future beta test and work with team to design a weapon or train. Man, I like they have a character that looks like a loot who's called uh, loot. <laughs> He's a bird. He's only twelve years old. He's a wood king. He lives in tabletop. He's only three foot twelve or three three foot twelve. So three foot two inches, and he only weighs thirty five pounds. So just this, this, it, this is gonna be like a super punny game, and I love that kind of shit. He's a laundromancer. <laughs> what? Oh my god! Uh, I love oh this. I'm gonna go back god. and look through all of this shit. All right. gonna, please tell me that these guys get this done. He's a garbage like... squire from Trashborn. His home is Tin Alley. Oh, he's Trashborn. Sorry, he his home is Tin Alley. Oh my god. Latavia Ratavia. She's a rogue. Her age is not available. She's a mammal. Ratlanta. Ratlanta. Oh my god. Walker oh, Jacket. I'm gonna <laughs> He's a librarian. He is a Garmentian race. Uh, he's from the uh, Needlepoint city, I guess. Oh, and uh, Cerulean the Laundromancer is is a Garmentian as well. He is from the Laundry Forest. 
Then we have Musk. He is a specialist. He is a bug man, born in Beetleborn. 240 pounds. God damn. So, yeah, this looks so good. I like this a lot. Just. God. You, don't misunderstand my reactions here, guys. It's punny. So, I love it. I love this sort of stuff. <laughs> it's just some of this stuff hurts my soul. <laughs> He's a laundromancer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Laundromancer, oh it's awesome, dude. Okay, uh, the next Kickstarter is one we mentioned last week. One of my, uh, one of the uh, indie developers I'm a big fan of, uh, Fandom Gear for the Sega Genesis. Uh, this is by uh, Mega Cat Games. Uh, these people are also out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm. People Let's... close to where I live. I think we watched a very basic video of this last time. I'm not sure if we got to I see. I think so. Yeah, we watched just like a tiny little bit of it. Mm, it looks a little bit better than the last video, actually. It does. I think it was just more jumping and collecting stuff more than anything else in the first video yeah. we watched, like this. It's fast-paced, so like I said, it has lots yeah. of potential, which is quite nice. And I like the little... I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where it stopped last time with the. Yeah. Oh. So we know that that thing's got to be a boss of some sort. But yeah, they're looking for thirty-two thousand six fifty-four. They've already got twenty thousand four ninety-one. They're already halfway, past halfway mm -hmm. on their uh, goal. They have twenty-four days to go with only two twenty-one backers. And if I know Mega Cat Studios. They, they're, they're, I didn't even have to say it. It's already there on the screen. Look at that. Look how awesome that looks. Mm-hmm. With the little thing there in case you have like an old school one of those hang-up things so you can hang up the game itself. Uh, it's just again, like a traditional Sega game, man. And I can guarantee you on the back right. of this case or just like you would see in the back of any other game mm -hmm. case. You'd see little snippets, you know, from the game like in the form yep. of pictures and some text and, uh <laughs> so yeah, they're doing quite well. Here is a picture of them playing it on a Mega Drive. Nice. Uh, I'm telling you, these people make fantastic games. You will not be disappointed. Definitely looks like oh, something wow. I would for sure play. So here's the kind of things that Mega Cat Studios does for some rewards. All right, so you're going to receive a multi-region. Uh, PAL NTSC NTSCJ cartridge of the game compatible with the original Sega Genesis Mega Drive consoles versions 1, 2, and 3 complete in box with instruction manual and extra goodies. $70 US. That's $91 in Canada. This also includes, you also get the uh, game cartridge, obviously, in box with manual, a poster, three postcards, stickers, OSD digital download, and your name in the credits. You can also get the game cartridge only for $50 as well as the poster and some that's other not, things. That's not terrible for a Kickstarter, man. Mm -mm. It's pretty Just good. Just to get the game ROM file uh, is $40. And they'll also give you a physical copy of Coffee Crisis for the Genesis and Mega Drive. Wait, they're the ones who did Coffee Crisis? Yep. Oh, shit. Yep. I actually got to demo that game at uh, Long Island Retro Gaming Con last year. Uh, here they are giving another physical copy of Coffee, Coffee Crisis. Crisis was pretty cool. Yes, it is. A lot of their games, like, I don't think they've made a game yet that was bad. 
Yeah, I didn't realize that they were the ones that did that. I actually saw the physical copy, you know, at that con last year. Uh, I mean, if, if, let's see. I'm not sure if we can get there or not. Yeah, if we go to MegaCatStudios.com, let's go to their games real quick. They've done Lethal Wedding, uh, Bite the Bullet, Coffee Crisis, Another Rainy Day, The Meeting, Little Medusa, uh, Appeals Court, Logjammers, Tanzer, Creepy Brawlers. Oh, they did Logjammers. I didn't realize that, too. Yeah, I have a copy of Logjammers for the NES. Uh, Balls and Booty. Uh, Dwarven Digger. Logjammers. (laughs) Again, Dushlan. Uh, Drainker. Lucky Penguin. Machine Cave. Multi-Dude. See, a lot of these I haven't even gotten to play. Yeah. Almost a hero, Super Painter, Old Towers, Chant, Justice Duel, We Got Dungeons, Dev Will 2, Billionaire Banshee, Phantom Gear, and WrestleQuest. I mean, for... I got to see... Or like I said, I got... That was a really, really fun game. It was hard, though. Oh, yeah. But for just... Just the things that I saw, for like just then they and that was like just the development copy. It was really good. So I would say take a look at these guys and uh, yeah, this it's... game. This game already looks like it's going to be super fun, super good. And look at I mean, look at the packaging there. I mean, look yeah. at it. That looks awesome. It's so good. They they do a great job. All right, so uh, we're going to move on to our next one called Dog Gone, a game about a lost dog. Uh, they have 24 days to go. They're they're looking for a pretty steep amount, 130616 They've only got 10620 so they've got a ways to go. But the game looks pretty good. As soon as we get past people with their dogs. We know everyone <laughs> loves their dogs. I know. So let's get to the action part. Now this part doesn't to me is not as interesting, but wait. This part where you're zoomed out and you're actually doing stuff with oh, the dog looks that, way Yeah, better. that that kind of gets me like uh uh what the hell is it called? Braid. Mm-hmm. That looks actually look pretty Oh, this is neat. See? That's what I'm saying. This when they first show you really up close, it's kind of like, oh, one of these like, games. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. do this. And then you get this sort of stuff where it's like, hey, this is like very braid esque, where you're trying to like solve puzzles yep. using your environment. Yeah, less talking, more. Most of the money is going into the art of it. Yes. Yeah. That's fine, but yeah. So, Dogdown. So, there's a lot of money going into the, I guess, the art of it or whatever, but it's still yeah. a huge amount you're looking for. So, if, uh, it's... Here's hoping we help you guys, so... I mean, yeah, I hope that we can help as much as we possibly can, but mm-hmm. that's a huge amount to be looking for, for, uh, you know, a game such as this, so... Good luck! <laughs> So, I mean, again, it doesn't look like it's a terrible game. I do like puzzle games. And when it's zoomed out like this right here, um, where it shows, you know, you're going to be looking at nice visuals, doing some puzzles. Right. That's going to appeal to quite a few people. And, mm-hmm. 
Let's see what they're looking for for a common physical copy. Complete game on Steam, all episodes as they release. Oh, so they're doing it as a multi-episode thing as well. Mm. So that could warrant a reason why. But I mean, again, it's got to be pretty damn long. Yeah. For that kind of money, so. Complete game on Steam for fifteen dollars. All right, so about fifteen dollars U.S. is what they're looking for the game. So that's not too bad. That's, that's not bad. No. Nope. <clears throat> Alright, so we're going to move on to our last Kickstarter for the podcast tonight. It is called Fiction Sphere, Platformer Beat-Em-Up. Ooh. <laughs> These guys oh, are over 26,123. They're only at 8,573. they got 29 said, days to go, so they just started. Boy, oh boy, you New said York two well. magic words for me, man. Fiction Sphere. <laughs> yeah. Please be good. I want this to look good. Oh, it looks good, Scott. It looks good. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. It oh, looks good, Scott. No. It looks oh. good. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. It just keeps getting better. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh. Be prepared. My God. I told you. We're going to need showers after this. Oh my god, this looks so good. Mm. It's like Mega Man, but no shooting. All hand-to-hand combat. Like, oh right. my god, it looks... What? <sighs> oh, yep. Yeah, some oh, awesome Kickstarters Lord. this week. <laughs> so many good indie games this week. It's ridiculous. Oh, there's your shooting. Yep. Shooting stuff in the background while dodging stuff in the foreground. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's not going to be an easy game, I wouldn't say. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, this looks awesome, dude. (laughs) Man, oh, man. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, oh, Scott. What the f- <laughs> What? Oh, my God. This, yeah, this game, they, they made this game with Scott and mine. Oh, yes, they did. It looks like there's a parry system. Are you serious? Yeah, Luke there's Perry. There's a parry. What? Luke Perry. Wall bounces? Oh, my God. <laughs> Raging Demon? Or, what, what? Oh my god. If this game does not get crowdfunded, it is going to be the biggest Kickstarter travesty in history. Alright, so. <laughs> as you can hear from Scott. Somebody likes the game. <laughs> They're already 33% funded, and they, they've been out for less than a day. So I don't really see them not Having getting there. Issue? Yeah, I know. But... <sighs> yeah. He looks like such a cool main character, too. 
Mm-hmm. And it didn't overdo the modernness. The, like, oh they God. updated the pixel graphics, but like it's like the perfect amount kind of thing. It's oh, it's good. Oh my God! Wow. So fifteen dollars, twenty dollars Canadian gets you the full digital game. It looks. Are like. you kidding me? And it looks like it will be out in January 2020, so that means not that far away. $15? Mm-hmm. If you have any sort of sense in your head, all right, if you're watching or listening to this podcast, all right, and you have any sort of, like, sense to say, hey, this is going to be an epic freaking game, Fifteen bucks, guy. Fifteen, get you the game. Fifteen, fifteen. Okay. Here's all the bosses. Like, oh my lord! Look at look at her. She looks so cool. She looks sweet too. Oh my god! What <laughs> these designs are like so good. The... Yeah. Oh my lord. Scott's like that even dude. That, even that like crazy chick who's yeah. like, lobster demon. That looks sweet. What? Oh my god! And this guy. Oh, all of his pieces are connected by electricity. The all this. I think we broke Scott. We a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, and you can even get like... mouse pads already from the game are you serious vintage saw blueprints there's so many things they got a physical art book clay sculpted figurines custom oh and they have stretch goals achievements translations mac and linux switch port ps4 and xbone Gameplay, Gameplay voice, voice acting. acting. Oh, please. Oh, oh, please. Paradox playable. Two extra levels. Classic mode. Challenge mode. God, please. So please all you gotta do is reach 30,000. That's it? 30... Please do this. Please do this. <sighs> I... Fiction Sphere. Okay? Fiction Sphere. For those of you who are listening to the podcast later... Go look at this. Go look at it when you get home, when you have time. Go check it out. Wow. Not bad, right? Oof. And I, 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 I also have um. Shoot, the other one that I really wanted, um, the other Mega Man one. Uh, shoot, I can't remember the name of it now. There's too many good games coming, man. So I gotta run them down, just, Scott. That's all I do. That's all I do all day long. It's fun just games too many. that I can't play. Uh, well, uh, I, uh, that'll, that'll, oh, Giga Buster. There you go, Giga Buster. Yeah. But uh, well, I guess that'll do it for the podcast this week. Um, uh, you, you're welcome for that little bit of uh, listening to me crap myself for the last five minutes you're welcome for that Indeed. 
But uh, again, thanks for everybody who's uh, who stopped by and uh, who's listening to the podcast uh, on any of our other outlets. Uh, thank you very much. We have been growing very steadily over these last couple weeks, and we cannot thank you guys enough for, like we said, all of the support that you guys have given us, feedback, and you know, just uh, get the word out, let other people know that uh, we are here, and we are definitely looking to expand and add more things to the podcast. So if you guys have suggestions, you know, hit us up on the uh, YouTube comments or uh, our Discord as well. So Discord is also a nice and great place for anybody, including any developers, to come over and uh, give us little updates. Um, mm-hmm. Anything that's retro in any regards is always welcome especially if it's news and stuff that we can use in the podcast if you're making a new game especially if it's going to be released on a cartridge of any sort or something yeah um you know we're always looking for that kind of stuff because that's mm-hmm. that, that's the cool stuff that we want to see for the podcast on a more regular basis is when people make these awesome games and then want to put them on retro looking carts as well so mm-hmm. mm. all right well uh, I forgot I had the music off like the entire time, but not that it matters. We're going to host up, let's see, who are we hosting this week? <clears throat> well, we got Daddy Dino over here. He might be playing Secret of the Stars at the end of it. Oh, Sears Sam Co-op. Oh, we actually hosted him last week, so let's hit up somebody else. Real quick. Um... Jesus, I'm trying to find people who are actually doing uh, something <laughs> retro. Uh, so, you know, okay, you know what? Let's hit up Skunky. Skunky48 is playing some Final Fantasy VI. So, anyways, have yourselves a good evening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for stopping by if you're here for the live stream. And we will see you next week. Bye bye.